a triple threat between three warriors who at one point we thought would never wrestle again. Two powerhouses get the rematch they deserve. Four of the industry's top women get a chance to show that the evolution is here to stay. Tampa finally gets its opportunity to host the granddaddy of them all. And for the first time in 397 long days, the roar of a live crowd returns to a WWE show. Does it really get any better than this? Boss Ross and the J-Man proudly bring you our WrestleMania 37 preview and prediction show on the Double Turn Podcast, which starts right the hell now. right ladies and gentlemen it is that time that show that moment for all of you hardcore wrestling fans for all of you casual wrestling fans this is the show where we preview and predict wrestlemania 37 because unlike vince mcmahon we still use numbers on this show <laughs> it's boss ross and the j-man here on the double turn wrestling podcast we talk every year about the busy time of the wrestling season and the wrestling podcast season being wrestlemania season and we have finally reached the weekend it feels like it has taken 17 years to get to this wrestlemania where we actually have fans that are going to be participating in the celebration and the extravaganza known as WrestleMania, the entertainment show of the year, as, of course, it is World Wrestling Entertainment. They do a lot of wrestling shows every year, and there's going to be wrestling on this show. But this is the entertainment show of the year, and if you're not entertained by this show, or if you're only expecting wrestling on this show, I don't know what else to tell you. So before we go any further into the, uh, well, several matches that are on this show, because that is WrestleMania, Thank God we've streamlined it. I said I'm Boss Ross, but I would not do this show without my without my co-host, my my trusty friend, Mr. J-Man, Mr. Don Jorge. That's right, sir. How are you? Dude, I'm doing great. Um, I hope you're I mean, you look like you're doing good. We obviously had an off off air conversation about some good things that are happening audience i apologize if this uh comes across a little hot uh testing out a new mic this evening finally for the first time in a long time so uh gonna be playing around with some of the sounds on my end but all that being said i'm just i'm stoked it's mania weekend um it we wrote out a special intro because you know when it comes to mania boss ross and the j man we don't play with our intros baby we don't hit you with the it's the wrestlemania 37 preview and prediction show no 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 we write it out, we get wordy, and we give you eargasms. You're welcome. Are you saying that you don't like my normal intros to the show? No, no, no. I adore your intros. On the, on the contrary, okay. anytime you hit me with okay. the, in the year of our good Lord, 2021, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. But, you know, you know that we got to get, you know, we got to get deep in there with it when it comes to mania, baby. 
So basically what you're saying is if this episode ends up being Darth Vader episode part two, it's your fault, basically. One thousand percent. Yeah. I'm just which, letting, them, which, I'm letting them know right now. Which, by the way, the first time it happened was a thousand percent your fault. That's okay, though. I still love that episode and treasure it. You can go back in our archives to listen to any of our previous shows, including all the way back to the review show of SummerSlam 2018. That's how long we've been doing these folks. If you want to come check us out, if it's your first time joining us, of course, listen to this episode. It's WrestleMania season. We welcome you. If you like what you hear, check out this episode and every other episode we've ever done on this show, the Double Turn Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, CastBox, and the Anchor app. And on that note, not to go too in-depth, I told Jorge and I asked him if I could do this, so I'm going to do this. At some point, we will have a special announcement for the next progression of this podcast. I know we've teased it a few times, but, well, let's just say things are starting to get real, okay? So um, just a a small little tease. Maybe Jorge will do another one at some point in the show. But uh, the show is going places. Not that we haven't gone places before. But uh, the next step in the journey is coming, folks. We're very excited about it. Once we have more information, we'll be happy to share it with you and uh, take this to where it uh, to where it inevitably was going to be anyway, as far as I'm concerned. So um, that being said, uh, th- th- this show has been a journey as every WrestleMania season is a journey. And we particularly had, well, quite the journey. Because, well, this time last year, we didn't even know if WrestleMania 36 was going to happen because, uh, well, this virus thing kind of took everything by storm. It, uh, it changed everything. They did WrestleMania at their performance center last year with no fans. That was bizarre. And now a year later, almost a year to the day, but, but, uh, a year later, Tampa gets WrestleMania back. They do all the fun pirate graphics, all that fun stuff they were going to do last year. They're basically going to do this year. Not to mention the uh, the motion graphics of them, like you know, like back in the day, back in the ruthless aggression oh, yeah. era. Yeah, it's been oh yeah, great to see. And in true WrestleMania form, there are, and I kid you not, as of this moment. 14 matches on this show 14 and by the way smackdown hasn't aired and they haven't added pre-show fluff you know what i love about this ross i was just going to mention um you know there's been ongoing discussions on behalf of ww creative and i know that a few outlets have reported this exact same thing it the fact that they're thinking about not having a pre-show match at least for night one because thank they, God. Yeah. And the reason for that, and I'm very excited about this is the prospect of crowds being back in a building for the first time in over a year. And they want the crowd to be able to fully experience a main card match as the return match in front of crowds in front of 25 to 30,000. I think that's a brilliant idea. I hope that comes to fruition on Saturday night. I do. Well, it'll it'll be wait to see. I can understand if they want to drop a pre-show match on Sunday. That's cool. That's fine. But if it's Saturday, leave it be. Just start the show right from there. It'll be awesome. It'll. I mean, 
Ross, we'll get into this, brother. But let's be real. That crowd pop for that first match of the night on Saturday, it's going to be something special. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. By the way, I, I, I totally forgot to do this, and I just got excited by the fact that we're about to talk WrestleMania. And by the way, we are not talking all 14 matches. Thank God. Remember last year, or actually, wait, was it last year there was like a bazillion and we did all of them because we were thinking we were going to have a res- regular WrestleMania and then we didn't even know if we were going to have one. Then they were going to do two nights, which I loved, and they're doing it again this year, and it's rumored they're not doing it next year, and that does not make me happy. I love the fact that we get, you know, a night of two and a half hours and another night of two and a half hours. I watch movies all the time that are two to two and a half hours. That doesn't bother me. I do not need one day of eight hours. Okay. No, no, I agree with you. You know what I accept for eight hours? You know what I accept for eight hours? Music festivals and movie marathons and work. That's it. And even then (laughs) on the work thing, except for eight hours. And even on the work thing, you're kind of like hesitant. No, I'm a full-time employee. I have to work the allotted time I'm prescribed to. That is fine because I make money off of it. Okay. So music festivals that I choose to go to movie marathons, either in a theater or at my house and work. That's it. (laughs) Even eight hour car rides are shenanigans. Okay. No, so I don't that's, care. That's the real reason why Boss Ross doesn't want to ride with me to, to LA in in uh what would it be? Whatever in 2023 to go to Mania uh, no, 39. No. Yeah. No. The reason why I'm not riding in a car with you for eight hours to LA is because uh not a big fan of LA. Sorry if you're in LA and you're a fan of this show. I don't like your city. Even though he I loves like your, your baseball team. I love your baseball team. I adore your baseball team. But the city, not so much. Well, it's WrestleMania 37 time. It's broken up into two nights. Uh, As of this moment, they have been broken up into two nights of seven matches. Should we call Um, it Wrestle and Mania, Ross? (laughs) Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Not. Only, only unless if only unless if SummerSlam is a two night event, you must call one of the nights the Summerfest. It's really all I have to say about that. I'm 100% with you on that. <laughs> Except for the fact that that's never going to happen. Uh, so I'm under the impression that the lists that we have are not 100% finalized and are still prone to change up until day of. That's correct. Okay. So as of this moment, night one is supposed to have a tag team turmoil match to basically have number one contenders for the women's tag team titles. It is also supposed to have Cesaro versus Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon, The New Day versus AJ, and is it Omos, Amos? Does anybody know how to pronounce his name? Have they Does he know how to pronounce his name? Way? Yeah, I, I don't know. Those two are challenging the New Day for the Raw tag team titles. Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus Miz and Morrison. Uh, Lashley versus Drew for the WWE title and Sasha versus Bianca for the SmackDown women's title. That's supposed to be night one. Night two is supposed to be the tag team turmoil winners against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler for the women's tag team titles. Riddle versus Sheamus for the U.S. title. 
Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn with an appearance from Logan Paul. Yeah, that Logan Paul. The Fiend versus Randy Orton. Big E versus Apollo Crews in a Nigerian drum fight for the Intercontinental title. We'll get to that. Asuka and Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's title. And Roman versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan for the Universal Championship. That was a very quick overview. I understand that. Jorge and I have made an executive decision to basically cover seven of these matches, most of them happening on night one. So essentially, we're going to go through night one, and then we'll go through night two, and that's how we'll do this. Um, Now, it is my impression that the plan is still to have Sasha and Bianca headline night one and the triple threat headline night two, which means Bobby and Drew are probably opening the show, which is not a bad way to open the show. Remember, there was that year where Rollins and Lesnar opened the show. That was awesome. I was so worried Lesnar was going to main event that show, and they opened it, and they killed it. It was awesome. Great decision. So if they decide to go that route, I'm fine with it. Even though I think Bobby and Drew should be a main event of one of the nights of WrestleMania, if that's your plan, if that's the way you want to do it, if that's how you want to get the crowd amped and started off on a good note, whatever your plan is, Drew and Bobby is a perfectly fine way to do it. So I'm just going off of that, not saying that's how we're going to predict it. Again, we're doing predictions on this show, which, by the way, for those of you that have been counting, Jorge and I are tied going into WrestleMania as he caught me by one in the last pay-per-view. So we are now officially tied We are back started at Agent Zero. That's right. We're all even. So, night one, let's just just get the two matches out of the way that we said we were going to kind of breeze over. Yep. And for those of you that were looking for in-depth analysis on 14 matches, too bad. I have a life outside of this show, and so does Jorge. Yep. His involves family. Mine involves my sanity. That being said... The tag team turmoil match. The winners receive a WWE women's tag team title match on night two. The teams are Lana and Naomi, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose, the Riot Squad, represented, of course, by Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot, and Natalia and Tamina. Very quickly, uh, because you actually technically won the last pay-per-view, I will give you the first pick here, even though we're tied, sure. as to your pick for the Tag Team Turmoil match winner. Yeah, um, as much as I'd love for it to be the Riot Squad, um, I definitely think that they're going Lana and Naomi. That's uh, that's my pick. Okay. Um, I will also go that route simply because that is where that storyline kind of is. They've done some backstage stuff as well uh, with that. Uh, I would not be upset if it was Dana and Mandy, but I just don't know if it makes sense for the story. And um, so there you go. Although, you know what? Natalia and Tamina have definitely built up some momentum over the last like four or five weeks. True. But again, uh, with WrestleMania season, you leading up to it have to plan for multiple avenues going into WrestleMania. And you also have to plan for multiple avenues going out of it. So them being built up and not really being a factor in the fall or being a factor in this match is Mm -hmm. not going to hurt them. So I agree with you. Um, after WrestleMania, they can feud with pretty much anybody they want. So True. there you go. You're right. And um, not to mention, it would be very odd to have a heel versus heel dynamic on night two. Correct. Yeah, correct. Which, by the way, 
Natalia is the big show of the women's division. She she turns babyface and heel like 17,000 times. So there you go. Um, in a match that I don't think is going to be as heralded, and I'm not saying it's going to be great, but I think it's going to be a lot better than people think it's going to be. And maybe I'm wrong because of how I feel about both of these competitors. Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon in a steel cage match. The storyline is absolutely preposterous. It involves fifth grade report cards. I don't care. Just tell me who you're picking to win this match and why. I mean, it's Strowman. I mean, I would be shocked if it was Shane McMahon picking up the victory here. But at the same time, I was shocked when he beat the Miz at 35. But I think going Strowman going over um, needs to happen. Uh, let, you know, I understand the whole story is to make Braun look stupid. There's looking, making him look stupid, and then there's making him look inept. And you can't, you just can't do that. Braun Strowman picking up the victory and destroying Shane McMahon and Elias and um, and uh, what's his name, uh, homeboy from Gunner from TNA. Uh, why can't I remember his name, Ross? That's your, it's your boy. You mean Jackson Riker? Jackson Riker, thank you. I, I lost it for there for a second. But him just okay. uh, you know, destroying the three of them and then getting not even getting out of the cage, just pinning Shane is probably the right call. So I'm going Strowman. Okay. Um I agree that this needs to be blown off. Um Braun Strowman can feud with any of the guys that are hanging around Shane McMahon after this, and it's totally fine. Um, I would take it a step further in that I think Braun Strowman needs to like break part of the cage i think that needs to happen in this match i think be cool with that. this really this this really needs to be again it's hard for me to say a statement for braun Strowman, but this needs to be something where you start propelling him into not being a part of these mindless storylines so yeah i agree braun Strowman's yeah. your winner they, so. they, they can have like a very cool visual spectacle of that cage breaking in some crazy fashion or something like that on behalf yeah, of him and it a, would be very cool a, and again, they can rig it for it to be easier. Like, I'm not asking for the cage to explode or anything stupid like that, but like just something like, for instance, whenever they've done with Mark Henry, where he's ripped a door off, like those were, those were helped. Like you can do something visually cool and it still be awesome. So anyway, yeah. Kane ripping not trying the to go in depth with yeah. it, but no, Kane so, ripping the yeah. door off at, uh, at uh, bad blood in 97. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, so those were our, that's that's our night one kind of brush over because pretty much everything else on night one is actually like kind of important or is like kind of a big deal actually um, from this. So is there any particular place you'd like me to start or do you want me to just jump in where I want to jump in? You know what? I think you and I probably agree. I think going with the tag team title match is probably the best way to start. You read my mind. The New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods are defending their Raw Tag Team titles against AJ and his bodyguard. It's pronounced 14 different ways. I don't know. It's his bodyguard, okay? The big tall guy. That guy is his tag team partner. Um, Amos, Omos, whatever. Um, we have not seen him wrestle in the WWE, I believe he was down in the Performance Center. I don't think he actually wrestled an official match in NXT. No, he did not. Okay. So, um, I mean, he's he's green, um, and he's got three workers working with him. Um, so, realistically, there's two ways this match goes. Either this match is to showcase 
the fact that, you know, AJ's kind of this schmarmy heel and he's got like his big bodyguard that like takes out the trash for him and like does all the dirty work for him. And that's how they become tag team champions. Or this is the start of uh, this team maybe breaking up and the New Day holding the titles. There's probably about 17 different other avenues we could go out of this, but I've said this before. Um, the New Day, for as popular as they are, um, they're old news to me. And I'm, I'm, I'm honestly just waiting for them to just... I'm waiting for this company to just be done with it. Um there's not killing a cash cow and there's just letting this drag on because you just don't have anything better, which is an indictment on several different fronts. So Jorge, I'm not saying this is not going to be entertaining because it involves AJ styles. I don't know if it's possible for it to be not entertaining, Then again, this time last year, we had no idea what he and The Undertaker were going to do, and that was one of the best things about last WrestleMania, and how dare I doubt it, because it involves the man, AJ Styles. He's wrestling for the the tag team titles. So, New Day, AJ and his bodyguard. Who do you got? You know, I... I think that you've said a lot of good things there, Ross. Um... From a quality standpoint, I don't see this disappointing. And what I mean by that is, you know, AJ's actually been in the ring with Kofi and X on a multitude of occasions. If you if you remember back in 2016 when he first you know came into the company, him and Chris Jericho had a banger of a match versus um, X and Big E for the tag team titles in Chicago. Um, and I know that's really really reaching back, but I'm just you know I'm putting it out there. And you know AJ had had a couple of bangers with Kofi. In uh, in 2019, during you know the early run of Kofi's WWE title run, so uh, you know it's not like AJ can't. Go- well, I mean, first of all, AJ can go with just about anybody at this point. But when you put him in the ring with two people of that caliber, such as Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, there's not going to really be a lot of disappointment. One, two, X and Kofi, they know how to sell, so you know that they're going to be selling like crazy for Omas. That all being said. Uh, AJ Styles, when he first um, challenged Kofi and X a few weeks ago, the thing that he mentioned was that he has never won uh, a tag team championship in World Wrestling Entertainment. Um, that's absolutely correct. AJ had that's the only title missing from AJ's resume. That's the only one uh, on the main roster. And uh, you know, you want to make him a Grand Slam champion? I mean, you've done everything else with them, with the exception of giving him a Royal Rumble victory. Uh, do it. Why not? Listen, it irritated the holy hell out of me when the New Day went over on the Hurt Business two weeks ago. That was the stupidest call in the history of stupid calls in 2021. I'm just flat out going to say it. And I love the New Day, but that was a stupid call. So if the whole point is to put over Omos and give AJ another you know, check off on his resume, that's the most logical thing to me. I really don't see what else Kofi and X could do. 11-time tag team champions. More power to them. Like that is a, that's a crazy thing. And that is awesome. Like, yes, you talked about the cash cow. You can't kill a cash cow. I mean, they've still delivered the new day have delivered. That's been one thing that they've done over the past six years is deliver, but you know, AJ on Omas, you got to see what you got in Omas. And then, you know, what you have in the best restaurant the, on the planet in AJ styles. Uh, I think that that's the most logical way to go about it. I think AJ and Omas pick up the tag team titles and the victory on Saturday. 
I have predicted the downfall of the New Day for seemingly forever. Um, and I've predicted several teams to beat them. And I've been wrong almost every time. <laughs> but um, if they're going to invest time in this duo, um, you know, I don't think this needs to be, a, you know, they lose the titles and they feud or they lose the titles and whatever. Like, I think that doesn't need to happen with that dynamic yet, especially since the bodyguard is so green. Like, this is this is not, I can't even think of a good example. Like, he's going to need a lot of time. And if they decide to split him up from AJ Styles, they need to do it very creatively. Because the last thing I need to see is those two feuding, even though somehow, some way, a good match might come out of it because AJ is involved and he can get a good match out of a dustpan. So um, I will agree with you. I actually think AJ and uh, Amos will win the tag team titles. Um, we've said several times on the show that the tag team titles are very fluid. In fact, both titles are not being defended on this show as of yet, although that might change. I, in fact, I would almost, because what, Ziggler and Root are still the champions, right? That's correct. And they've kind of been, uh, they've been kind of on a, on, a, on a trajectory of trying to get on the WrestleMania card. And I'm going to be honest with you, I think it'd be a travesty if they're not. Uh, who would they feud with, by the way? That's, a, that's, that's where I'm kind of, I got to put okay. the brakes because right. I don't well, know. I mean, and I, mean, I, I, guess it, could I be anybody, it wouldn't be the so. Street Profits. I, 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 it can't be the Street Profits. Um, just because they were the one, they've already beat him twice. Maybe, and I know this is a stretch, Ross, and you're going to hate me for saying this, but the only logical answer I can really think of off right off the top of my head right now would perhaps be Dominic and Rey Mysterio. Uh, that is not as far fetched as you think it is, because I'm almost going to guarantee you right now that father son team is going to be tag team champions at some point, probably this year. And so I don't, I wouldn't necessarily be mad at it. No, again, for as much as I've crapped all over Dominic Mysterio and probably will continue to, um, those two being a tag team actually makes a lot of sense them holding the titles because it's not two random people being the champ or being the champs. It's father son being the champ. Like that's not something you get an opportunity to do all the time. Not in to this mention business. That, so, and especially when the dad happens to be a Hall of Fame caliber, one of yeah, the best at his craft. Yeah. Of course, of course. Um, so they would be crazy not to take advantage of that. But to finish, uh, yes, I will also say that we're going to have new Raw Tag Team Champions, AJ and the Bodyguard, Omas. Um, I think I want to move on to Cesaro and Seth Rollins because um, I want to save the Bad Bunny match till next. Sure. Because it's the higher profile. Yeah, it's definitely the higher you'll, profile match. You'll know why in a second. So um, I'm here to tell you right now, Cesaro and Seth Rollins, it's probably going to be the best wrestling match on night one. Wrestling match, pure wrestling, pure just, if you're looking for the wrestling match on night one, that's your match. I don't know, man. It might okay. be it might be match of the weekend, wrestling match of the weekend, perhaps. Oof, there's been some. Well, we'll see. What I mean, I'm telling I, you is, I mean, Ko and Sammy can deliver. Don't get me wrong, but Cesaro and it, Seth. 
And you know what's funny? And I know we're not going to talk a lot about it, but even though they even though they fought like 17 billion times, I'm actually okay with them wrestling in WrestleMania. Why not? I mean, KO is the face this time. Sammy's the heel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it's Which, it's a different dynamic. That's what needs to be yeah. given credit to. Yeah. So, uh, but that is night two. Night one: Cesaro and Seth Rollins. Um, boy, did they miss an opportunity to bring Seth Rollins back as a babyface. I think now, I know the reasoning for it. It's because that's what everybody expected them to do. They just expected him to come back and they would drop the character or drop him being a heel and he'd be a baby face and people would cheer him again. That's not their plan. So they decided to go with the, hey, he's coming back and he still hates you because he's Seth Rollins and he's the Messiah, whatever that is. Um, Jorge has talked a lot on the show recently about the fact that uh, WWE finally had their light bulb or light switch moment when it comes to like utilizing Cesaro in a way where they're never really going to put him at the level that a lot of us think he should be at, but he's going to be at the level where people are still going to respect him for being showcased the way the company is showcasing him. And the way I say that is, it's very easy with Cesaro. If you're not going to push him, to the level of him being a champion, like a top champion, then just push him to be one of the baddest people you have on your roster. Treat him like the, hey, somebody's coming out on, okay, perfect example, right? And I use this very specific example. I remember a night where Ricochet came out to the ring. He's got that calisthenic or that special tape that the guys use for like nerves and muscles and stuff like his entire back was taped with that stuff right and his opponent is Cesaro and Cesaro comes out with his new music and the green lights and he dropped the James Bond gimmick and he just walked to the ring and he had the look on his face going I'm going to kill you (laughs) this is how you need to present Cesaro. You need to present him as a guy that anybody who wrestles him goes, oh, crap, I got to wrestle this guy because he's the tough out. He's the guy that nobody wants to wrestle, but if you really want credibility, you better wrestle him and you better beat him. That's that's where I'm not saying he's the you know gatekeeper Dolph Ziggler style, but he's definitely a measuring stick. And by the way, there are a lot worse positions in this company than being measuring stick. So if you're not going to push him and you're going to use him as a measuring stick and you're going to treat him seriously, I'm okay with this. And by the way, I've spoken very poetically about Cesaro. He's wrestling Seth Rollins, who, even though he's slowed down, my gosh, if you have not watched his days earlier pre-knee injury, please go watch them. I'm not saying he's still not good, but my God, what a special talent he was before the knee injury. That being said, this could be the best wrestling match of the entire night. Psychology-wise, work-wise, this could go 15 minutes and be an absolute banger. This could go 10 minutes and be an absolute banger. This could go 20 minutes and be 
a tremendous match. I don't care what it is. As long as I get babyface Cesaro pummeling Seth Rollins and Seth Rollins doing everything he can to try to escape the clutches of Cesaro. So with that beautiful little lead in, I just gave you who you got in this match and why, bro. Oh my God. Like, you know what I've loved of the last two WrestleManias, Ross, you and I have genuinely wondered who is going to win what match. Like there are not a lot of absolute. That's the result that needs to happen. There are so many different results here. Um, one, before I give you my, um, my, my pick, I want to mention something to you, Ross, and to the audience that's listening, of course. You mentioned that, you know, Seth Rollins, he came back to Rumble, right? And um, he comes back as a heel because they didn't want to turn him babyface because that's exactly what they wanted them to think and blah, blah, blah. Do you remember when he first came back in 2016, Ross? Um, when he came back the, the, the at Extreme Rules and he pedigreed Roman Reigns and the crowd in Jersey went bananas. You know, Seth Rollins gets this massive pop the night the night after, right? And everybody thinks he's going to cut a baby face promo and Roman's going to go heel. And what does he do, Ross? He stays heel, you know? The problem that I have with this is what they just did in January with Rollins, they did five years ago or four and a half years ago. And even though it was really creative then, and to an extent, it was still kind of creative this time around, to be honest with you, because, you know, they did throw us off because they did change the music. They ch- they they went back to his original theme, and that's why everybody was like, "Oh man, Rollins is back, Sappy Poo." You know, I did, and then he stayed heel. But you know what, though, Ross, I love it when I get trolled by Seth Rollins. So I actually didn't mind it, and he's so good at wanting to troll the audience. Like he enjoys it. He gets a genuine good laugh out of out of it. And I think that's the reason why people like myself continue to support and love Seth Rollins because he just has a really good time doing that out there. And I think that, okay, so I'll be the first person to go to critique this man. I should have critiqued him more in, in mid-2019 mid when he was going off off the deep end and talking smack about Will Ospreay. Shout out to Will Ospreay, won the NJPW World Heavyweight Championship this past weekend. What a beast that man was him and Kota Ibushi. I, I, I've seen the highlights. They put on a gem. Let's just be real. Throw it out there right now. But, you know, he was talking off the deep end, right? And apparently having, having Rue being with Becky, it's kind of changed the man. It's changed Colby Lopez. And I think it's changed him for the better. And I think that because Colby Lopez has changed, and I talked about, talked about this a few weeks ago, it, ha- it has allowed us as fans to reappreciate what is Seth Rollins, regardless of which persona he's playing um, on television. That all being said, I think that the right way to go about this is using, you know how we talk about using the magnitude of somebody to go ahead and propel somebody else? To me, there is no other concept or thing that needs to come to fruition than Cesaro getting his second WrestleMania moment and defeating Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 37. And you're probably asking yourself, well, what, what first WrestleMania moment did Cesaro have? Listen, the first Andre the Giant Battle Royal at, at, at 30 when he body slammed the big show over the top rope, that is a moment in and of itself. And but Cesaro deserves a bit more than that to me. And I think that if you let him and Seth go 15, 
like as the second or third match of this show on night one, I think you're going to go ahead and get something truly remarkable and truly special. Two of the best in the world at what they do, lacing it up, them being great friends behind the scenes makes them have an incredible, stupid amount of chemistry. I cannot wait for this match. Cesaro needs and will win on Saturday. I'm picking Cesaro, my friend. So what you just said is absolutely correct. And let me tell you something right now. Cesaro had a very strong showing at the Elimination Chamber. He was the next to last guy eliminated. Um, Jey Uso being the last eliminated, which, by the way, I called. Thank you very much. Um, Storyline. Total storyline. Totally fits everything else they've done. So as far as I'm concerned, Cesaro was the last guy eliminated at Elimination Chamber other than Daniel Bryan, which who, who won the thing. That being said, there's two schools of thought. Either Seth needs a good win to propel himself back to where he was before he left, or Seth can afford this loss because, I don't know, he's one of the seven main eventers of this entire company, and helping out Cesaro that they've been, again, having their light bulb moment of what they want to do with him. And once again, I'm tending to agree with you. I thought for sure you were going to pick Seth Rollins to win this match. I thought we were going to differ on this, but I am also picking Cesaro to win this match. He does need it more. Seth Rollins can easily rebound from this. You can have him feud with just about anybody. Cesaro getting a win over Seth Rollins would be a big deal, would be a nice way to get him to where whatever you're going to do with him at SummerSlam this would be a great way to start it. So I will say Cesaro gets the win over Seth Rollins. And you know what the other thing is? And to finish it up on this, we'll put a bow on Cesaro and Seth Rollins on this one, Ross. I think that this is a really good way to perhaps start the trajectory on a Seth Rollins babyface turn. Could be. I mean, yeah. look, here's the here's the thing. Every great babyface needs to have their downfall and every great heel needs to be vulnerable and have that moment of turning back babyface. Exactly, because I or, mean, you or, look or at turning Smack- baby face. Exactly, mm-hmm. and you look because you look at SmackDown right now, and I think that Seth Rollins needs to stay on Smack. I think he's having a fan freaking tastic time on SmackDown. I think Fox has the just perfect setup right now with the with the peeps that they have on SmackDown right now. You got Daniel Bryan, you got Roman, and you got Seth. And you look at the at the main heels on SmackDown right now. Now, to be fair, I don't know how long we're going to see Edge on television. So I want to be really careful with that. But you still have Roman Reigns, who's going to be healed for a bit. Like, don't not think of turning Roman Reigns babyface by any stretch of the imagination within the foreseeable future. Don't do that. You're going to ruin a great thing. But I think because you have that really good dynamic, it allows you to play around with what is Seth Rollins. And I think that him and Cesaro having a banger of a match and then a, perhaps a, sh- a handshake at the end, you know, as a sign of respect from Rollins to Cesaro, I think that that could be something fascinating and a, perhaps a catalyst of things to come with Seth Rollins over the next five or six months. And I think it's also going to depend on how far off Becky really is from a comeback. She's already training. Now, of course, she's postpartum only like four months 
Don't get me wrong, but you never know. I think there's some interesting things going on in the background, but I think Cesaro is the perfect choice for this. We move on to the tag team match with, yes, this is a real thing. Recording artist Bad Bunny and his buddy Damian Priest taking on the uh, the duo of The Miz and John Morrison in what uh, started with uh, The Miz and Bad Bunny kind of having a little feud to uh, Bad Bunny bringing his buddy on board and The Miz bringing his friend on board. And instead of this being Miz versus Bad Bunny, we're going to have the tried and true theory of celebrity cannot be exposed in a tag team match. (laughs) Which, by the way, WWE has done this. WCW has done this. Now, I will list three examples off the top of my head, and there are a ton more. But I will list the three examples of not what this match could be, but basically what we're in store for. So WCW actually had two of these. They had Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman team up against each other to face Diamond Dallas Page and Carl Malone. That was the headline of a pay-per-view. Of course, Carl Malone and Dennis Rodman, no little to no wrestling experience. Okay. A year later, that same company did a match involving Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff versus Diamond Dallas Page and Jay Leno. Okay. Little to no wrestling experience with two guys that know what they're doing. And more recently in WWE, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon versus Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey. You're also now, forgetting um, Stephen Amell and Neville versus uh, D- uh, Cody Rhodes, a.k.a. Stardust. And uh, who was his tag team partner back at SummerSlam just a few years ago? I don't remember off the top of my head, but what I will tell you is that, yes, that is another example. I was simply only going to list three. My point is that you have a celebrity in a match against or i'm sorry with big stars or people that know what they're doing so i know this is going to be a slight okay but this is reality okay out of the examples i just listed the miz john morrison and damian priest are not kurt angle triple h hulk hogan or diamond dallas page I'm just saying, okay? But even though they are not those guys, they know what they're doing. So even if Bad Bunny, which, by the way, there was this rumor going around, and I don't remember this, so maybe you can help me out on this. Bad Bunny was at an NBA All-Star game, like, was it last year? Okay, from, from those reports, people were telling me he looked very unathletic in that game. I don't know if that's the case or not. I mean, Bad Bunny, his, I mean, you look at Bad Bunny and you put him in the same categories as John Morrison, for example. Let's, okay. First of all, John Morrison is not your typical average human being. The man doesn't have a six pack. The man doesn't even have an eight pack. That man has a 12 pack. John Morrison is insanely ripped and his deltoids have deltoids, which have deltoids, you know, like 
if him and Taya Valkyrie were to have a child, that baby would come out ripped right out of the womb. Like that's how ripped John Morrison is. Okay, here's here's what I'm saying though. Okay, so that was that was a celebrity basketball game. This is a worked wrestling match with people that know what they're doing and won't allow him to get hurt unless he gets hurt himself by accident or something. Right. So you say Jay Leno is not the most athletic human being. Of course not. (laughs) Neither is Eric Bischoff. Again, uh, by the way, neither is Stephanie McMahon. And by the way, Kurt Angle was a shell of his former self. Yes, that was Triple Ronda H hel- and Triple H having to carry that. Absolutely. Match. By the way, one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. No joke. I agree. Seriously. So, so the reason I add all of that background, okay? So, really, this is a Bad Bunny Miz feud, okay? Morrison and Damian Priest are here, and I realize they're part of the story, but this is really this this really boils down to the Miz versus Bad Bunny, and they're not doing a singles match; they're doing a tag team match to protect it even though i have every confidence in the world and i can't believe i'm admitting this because i've talked so much bad things Do about the, miz in the past just admit it somehow some way the miz versus bad bunny in a singles match would probably work thank I'm you just saying that's I'm, was it that hard no because okay. miz no because miz and shane mcmahon had a tremendous outing at wrestlemania and there have been other instances where it's worked so the miz is one of the most underrated performers of the last 15 years like, that's just a fact go ahead i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go into that conversation with you but the point is that yes i've turned the corner on a lot of things miz not everything miz um so here is what i will tell you because i'm actually just going to jump in and say this um bad bunny's team is winning okay you don't have a celebrities team like this lose you just don't like, unless the celebrity is such, like, unless you bring in a celebrity that you know everybody hates and you want to see them get their ass kicked, they're winning. So, so whether it's, so whether it's, you know, Bad Bunny distracts one of them and Damian Priest gets the pin, or whether Bad Bunny does some move that Damian Priest taught him and pins them is, which actually I think would be much better. Um, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest are winning this match. Um, this is not going to be a clinic. This is not going to be, you know, your typical event on a wrestling show. But as I preface, this is the entertainment show. Um, Bad Bunny's still selling a lot of merch. There's definitely... Actually, I don't know what this is doing for Damian Priest. I don't know if it's really helping him. I don't know if it's really hurting him. Um, Miz and Morrison are very hit and miss for me. Um, that stuff they did with Braun Strowman over the universal title was just, it was just awful. Um, it wasn't funny. It was just, they literally just looked like, they just looked like idiots. Um, but that's okay. Cause that's kind of their gimmick when they're together. Like they did all the skits with them singing. Like that's the gimmick. I get it. Um, I expect at some point Miz and Morrison are going to, you know, try and get a double team move on Bad Bunny and Damien Priest will probably save them. And then I'll just say Bad Bunny is going to pin the Miz doing something. But that's that's my prediction. It's not going to be a clinic. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a way to get the crowd excited and cheer Bad Bunny. And I don't know. Actually, is he doing is anybody doing a musical performance at WrestleMania? I would not be surprised if yes. randomly Bad Bunny just does one. So BB Rexa is supposed to go ahead and sing the national anthem. Okay, but that's and not a musical performance. That's not a musical, that's the right. anthem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And as of right now, I do not see anything on here that states anybody's right. doing a musical performance. Now, I will not he- be I will not be surprised if, uh, like, sometime during the show, Bad Bunny does some type of thing after he wins a match or before whatever, just so that they get a performance out of him. So there you go. But Bad Bunny seems winning. That's my prediction. I know I'm jumping the gun. I don't care. That's e- that. That's honestly one of the easiest picks of this entire weekend. So, you know, um, I think you brought up something very interesting. I'd like to apologize. I'm trying to move around my mouse because I'm trying to mute myself, but it keeps making noise in the background. So I'm sorry in advance. Um, you were talking about, I'm not sure what this perhaps does for Damian Priest. You don't mm-hmm. know if it's good for him or if it's bad for him. I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's great for him. And I'll tell you the reason why. He got called up from NXT. He had a hell of a showing at the Royal Rumble. Remember that? Like just four months ago, like he went bananas. And I was super proud of him. I was super stoked for him. And I was like, he's got big things coming. And you add him at the end of the day, before I go ahead and finish that sentence, at the end of the day, the bad, the bad bunny Miz John Morrison storyline, it's an incredibly high profile storyline, whatever way you want to slice it. And so whenever you get involved in a, when, when you are that deep into a storyline like that, it's got to be good for you. And it's, to me, this is great for Damian Priest because not only does he get a chance to perform um, on a WrestleMania card, but then you've got not just wrestling fans looking at you, Ross, but you also have a lot of mainstream media because at the end of the day, let's let's be real for one second. Bad Bunny's one of the biggest musical acts on the planet, not just in not just in Latin America. Bad Bunny crossed over. I know this because I'm a bit, I'm a fan of Bad Bunny. I'm a fan of the genre. I grew, I've grown up on that genre, right? Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm from Puerto Rico and I listen, I love reggaeton. And I mean, that's what, that's what his main music is based off of. So yes, I've been on the band, on the Bad Bunny bandwagon for quite a while. But what I'm saying is when you have crossed over the way that he does, that he has, you don't see that very often. And you know, he just did a musical act on Saturday Night Live. Yes, I understand. Saturday Night Live is not quite the same thing as it used to be back in the day, but you still, whenever you get a hosting gig or whenever you're the main musical act on Saturday Night Live, it's a still a freaking big deal. And so that's how big Bad Bunny has become. So uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've been trying to go ahead and do a special outside of the podcast, maybe do an IG live. And I just never got a chance to go ahead and get the right people on. And it's, it's a travesty, but next time I'll make it happen. But I wanted to talk about like, what was, who was this bigger for? Is this bigger for Bad Bunny or is it bigger for Vince in the WWE? And I'm going to be honest with you, Ross. I think that this is equally big for both because not only does the WWE get a chance to get this influx of Bad Bunny fans, but then Bad Bunny perhaps gets a chance to open up to all these people who don't know his music, you know, and whether or not you like reggaeton, you still got to respect the work ethic and the hustle of a music artist of his magnitude. So that all being said, I think that the right move, of course, is to, of course, have Damian Priest, John Morrison, Miz take the bulk of the load here and then have Bad Bunny make sure that you you put them in specific spots, put them in safe spots, but perhaps spots that get a chance to pop the crowd. We talk about like, oh, not everybody's super athletic who comes into this and stuff like that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But a lot of times these people go ahead and blow us out of the water. We do not expect them to go ahead and do the things that they can do. Um, Now, this is perhaps not the best example, but I want you to hear me out on this. Do you remember WrestleMania 24? What was the massive high-profile match besides the two world title matches? 
it was the it was Floyd Mayweather versus the Big Show. Now I understand that Floyd Mayweather is considered as one of the greatest, if not perhaps the greatest boxer of all time. So of course there's a certain sense of uh, athleticism there, but we had no idea what to expect between Mayweather and Show. And that ended up being perhaps one of the most entertaining things on that entire card at WrestleMania that year. So usually when there's celebrity involvement to an, to a massive extent, WWE likes to go all out and they like to put a lot into that respective storyline. And I don't see this being any different. And I think that most importantly, Damian Priest is really going to get an opportunity to shine against a former two-time WWE champion and a guy whose resume is about as stacked as it could absolutely be in John Morrison. Um, I think that the right move is, of course, you know, Damian Priest does the bulk of the work and then Bad Bunny gets the pin on The Miz. And people will love that. And people love to hate The Miz. That's why we love The Miz. That's why I love The Miz. And he's going to do everything in his power, as is Morrison, to put over Bunny and uh and priest on saturday and i'm looking forward to it should be a barn burner that's for sure a barn burner bad bunny and uh damian priest so as of this moment we have no differing picks as of this moment we are five for five with two matches to go on night one um honestly i don't care if it's the main event of night one I'm not making it the main event of us covering night one of this show. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's the way I feel. Sasha Banks defending her SmackDown Women's Championship against your girl, Bianca Belair, who, uh, well, she's had a pretty meteoric rise over at least the last year, but certainly since her, uh, well, her win at the Royal Rumble, that, I mean, she had, a, she had a great showing the year before, obviously, and uh, they had her win it this year, and the table was set for her to feud with uh, pretty much Sasha. I mean, that's, that's pretty much where they were going with it. Um, it's been a pretty high-profile match that they've hyped up uh, going into this, which, again, makes me think it is going to main event night one if they keep this scheduling. Um, and they'll probably open the show with what I would consider the main event of this of night one. But that being said, I only preface that because we're talking about it now. Um, I can't believe I'm going to admit this. This Sasha Banks title run. It's been lacking something. Now, I say that and maybe that's unfair to most of the champions in WWE because most of the, like literally and I say this I say this with caution really the only champion in WWE that is really quote unquote moving the needle during covid it's is Roman Reigns yeah and I love Drew and I am very happy that Bobby Lashley's the champion Sucks that they broke up the Hurt Business too early, but I am very happy. Now, I have a theory on that, by the way, and it's actually not a bad one, but we'll get to it when we get to that match. Sasha Banks has the same problem that basically 98% of the women's division has, and that is 
they're kind of all okay i shouldn't say that i shouldn't say they're all at the same level because they're not they don't feel i have to be careful how i say this I don't feel like Sasha Banks is that much better than 98% of the roster, and she's their champion. That's a problem. That's a big problem. Okay? I don't feel that way with Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair, I know, is better than just about everybody on the roster. You know who else I think is just about better than everybody else on this roster? Oscar. Is there anybody else on the main roster that you feel that way about? I'm being serious. And by the way, your answer can be Sasha Banks. I just don't feel that that's how they've presented her during this title run. So I think that the answer that I would want to say is, is she better than most people on the roster? Yes. But the gap is not quite as wide as it is between Charlotte and Asuka. Okay. And, and, and so I, to an extent, you know, I think you're right. You know, you know who they were just getting started to making you feel that she was better than most of the roster with, and then they Bailey. took the belt away from her. Bailey. Bailey, yeah. And by the way, Bailey's not even booked on this show. Which that's a t- that's itself, a travesty in and of itself. Which which in itself is, I don't know what that says, but that's that's pretty messed up. I don't know what they were thinking. They could have given her like a non-title match, but a a, a match that. If, if it were me, I'm sorry to get off topic and I'll get you right back on it here, but it's just that that's a thing to discuss for a second because to me, Bailey, and I hope I'm talking into the mic now, uh, excuse me, Bailey is one of the four horsewomen. Okay. And she just came off a 400 day title reign. She was the face of your division. And she at one point kind of eclipsed Becky Lynch during her title run. So it's not like Bailey was just thrown over to the side. Like Bailey was the Bailey was ranked number two. No, excuse me, number one. She was the number one on the PWI women's list last year. You know what? You know what they could have done if they had no plans for her at WrestleMania. Go have her wrestle somebody on NXT for a night. Why? Why not? Let me. I'm going to ask you this right now. How much money would you pay to see Tony Storm versus Bailey at Stand and Deliver? Just being honest. Take, Take my, my money, money right now. now. Yes. Or you know what? Have Kaylee Ray come over for one weekend only and have her put up the NXT UK women's title against Bailey at Stand and Deliver. Yeah. That's what you could have done. And that's how you make that title reign mean even more. That's a that I don't even work for the company. And I just booked that with Bailey being one of the best women you've had of the decade. And now she's sitting on the sidelines. I swear to you, dude. Oh my god. Okay. Sorry, Ross. Let's we're talking it's Sasha okay. versus Bianca. That's my fault. That's okay. It's okay. I I started it with my conversation about Sasha basically not being head and shoulders above the rest of the division. That's how that started. Um I'm gonna be honest, I don't see any way out of this other than you just strapping the rocket to Bianca Belair, whether she's ready for it or not, and having her be the SmackDown women's champion. I don't see any of because here's the thing, okay? You do not want a repeat of what they just did to Shayna Baszler last year. They strapped the rocket ship to Shayna Baszler. She got all the way to WrestleMania. She had a dominating performance and she lost in 10 minutes to Becky Lynch and has never been the same. Okay? 
The last thing you want to do is build up Bianca, have her win the Royal Rumble, get all the way here, feud with Sasha Banks, lose at WrestleMania, and she's right back where she was before. See, I think that the difference between Shayna and perhaps Bianca and Sasha, actually, no, here's the the statement that I want to make. The difference between between Becky and Sasha, to me, Ross, is no one is clamoring for Sasha to drop the title. Whereas Becky had been champ for a year up until that point, right? And so it was like, and then Becky's character didn't really change. And again, once more, coming from the Becky Lynch mark on this podcast, right? I'm allowed to say this. I'm not saying that Ross can't, but I just want you to know that this is coming from a, you know, a, not a, a non-neutral party. This is coming from the party that supports Becky Lynch. And I wanted to, I wanted to see Becky lo- drop that title. And because I was kind of tired. I thought that Becky could do more. I thought that they could reinvent Becky once more. I think they could go ahead. They could have pushed that even more. So mm-hmm. the thing with Sasha is I barely have seen those. I, I could, I know that there's more left in that tank. And mm-hmm. to me, the other thing is that's more important is again, I've said this before. I'll say it again. How many times has Sasha won a one-on-one match at WrestleMania? It's not many. Would you like to know the answer? Is it zero? It is zero. Okay. Sasha Banks has not only has Sasha Banks never won a one-on-one match at WrestleMania Ross, Sasha Banks has never won a match at WrestleMania, period. Sasha has never won at WrestleMania. Think about that so, for a second. I I, I I get it. And by the way, a, a lot of that is just timing, um, which a lot of this in wrestling is timing. True, but, but that WrestleMania 32, I know we've talked about it, but that was still to me not the best call, but I know that's that's not reserved for this podcast. So carry on. So okay, so again, okay. So I ask you, and I'm not saying you're making your pick at this very moment, but if you have Bianca Belair lose this match, is the plan for her to win the title at SummerSlam? Perhaps, perhaps. That's, okay, that's 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 four months from now. It is, and that's a so that's a detriment on the fact that they decided to go ahead and make the call on her winning the rumble as opposed to Rhea, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And then, then, but then I guess the conversation becomes in the next hour. Oh, well, I mean, am I going to make that same argument for Rhea that I'm trying to make for, for Sasha, or am I going to go ahead and view Rhea in the same way that I'm looking at Bianca? I don't know. I guess I'll get to that when we get to that. But the thing is because Rhea already won the NXT women's championship and had a dominant reign and then had a banger of a match last year with Charlotte and then had a banger of a match with EO and Charlotte in your house. I don't view Rhea's year as being that down as I've seen Sasha's WrestleMania resume be that down. Right. So maybe that's perhaps the issues that I'm having. And by the way, I'm not the biggest Sasha Mark. I'm really not. On the contrary, I think I've said on multiple occasions, there are times that I think Sasha Banks is kind of overrated. That doesn't mean that I don't think that you should book something correctly. And I think they might be shooting themselves in the foot with this scenario with her and Bianca. I don't know. This one's tough. This one's tough because you either risk Bianca losing all that momentum or at some point you risk the fact that I can't take Sasha Banks seriously anymore, even though she's a five-time women's champion. You know, winning at WrestleMania is a big deal. So you make some good points, but very much along the lines of 
Okay. I know I, I know I propped up Seth Rollins affording the loss. Um, I think the smart play is to start your new era of your women's division and just start it now. And one way to start doing that is to, again, whether she's ready for it or not, at some point, you got to put the rocket ship attached to her, or you got to take the training wheels off, or you got to give, you know, how do I want to say this? You got to give the player the ball. Okay. So I'm going to go Bianca. As much as part of me doesn't like that pick, if I'm just picking off of predictions and where I think this company is going to go and what WrestleMania represents, I think they just need to do it. And I think Sasha is going to be viewed the exact same way, whether she wins or loses. I think Bianca needs this win more than Sasha does. And for all the things you just said, I get it. But I remember the stat a long time ago where John Cena was like one of the worst people at SummerSlam in the history of world wrestling entertainment. Like he could not buy a win at SummerSlam for the longest time until his team won the seven on seven against the Nexus or something weird like that. Actually, no. It, it, um, yes, you're right. But what happened, I, do you remember this, Ross? Not to go ahead and go on a John Cena diatribe, but mm. people were mad that he went over on the Nexus. So for the next like four years, he put everybody and their mother over for like five consecutive years at SummerSlam. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and no, he, that's, he lost to Punk. Go. Yeah, and then he lost to Punk and Show, and then he lost to Debray, and he lost to Brock, and he lost to Seth, and then he lost to AJ, and then that's that was that. But you're right. I think that really the counter argument that I would have to that would be, yeah, but look at John Cena's mania resume and then look at John Cena's rumble resume because even okay. because John Cena won two rumbles, right? Um, you know what, Ross, we're, we're early enough in the year where I'm, I'm going to go with my, not with my gut, but with my heart. Okay. Because my gut tells me go with Bianca, but my heart tells me to go with Sasha because I want Sasha to get some love as part of the horsewoman. And I, I know for a fact that Bianca Belair is going to be an incredibly successful professional wrestler in WWE. Like there's no doubt in my mind. She's been, because she is from last year up until now, the massive improvement, improvement that that woman has had has been remarkable. And by the way, she, it's not like she was bad. She wasn't, but just look how much better she got. But I think that to me, it's, it's important for Sasha to get her mania moment. And I think that that would be the right call. So Ross, I'm, I'm shocking myself now. I'm going Sasha. I'm picking Sasha to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship in a, I think that those two ladies are going to pull off a much better match than I expect. And by the way, I'm expecting a pretty good match, but I think that they're going to pull, I think it might, I think it's going to be borderline special. Not going to say it's going to be like greatest of all time, but I think we might expect something a little bit more special than we're expecting from Sasha and Bianca. But I'm taking I'm taking Sasha retaining. Our first difference on the WrestleMania card, and it really could go either way. Some of these matches really could go either way, which is another reason why we love WrestleMania 100%. because 
there are cards a lot of times where we don't know what's going to happen. By the so. way, can I just throw this out there really quickly? Quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a different main event for stand and deliver than I expected. And I am very, very happy with that. Um, hold on. Let me actually guess. I'm not cheating. I swear. Um, are we not getting the NXT title match as the main event? Are they no, really doing, are, are they really doing Cole versus O'Reilly? They are going goal and O'Reilly in an unsanctioned match for the main event of deliver. <laughs> I love saying that. I'm sorry. Well, I think we know what that means. Yeah. Do we? I, I'm okay. Are let's make the, the pick right now. I'm I'm oh. going O'Reilly. I think O'Reilly's going to win tonight. And as a as a side note, what do you think that means? Adam Cole's coming up to the main roster, baby. Exactly, which is why I agree with you. It's absolutely why I agree with that's you. That's 100% the right call if that's the case. So and I'm by, very much looking for the, forward to that match. And by the way, I don't think Kyle O'Reilly's staying down in NXT for much longer. I don't think the Undisputed Era as a whole. Like the I four know. of them, I don't think there's... I, I think Roderick Strong's going to follow follow suit very soon. And we'll just have to wait and see about Bobby Fish and his health. Okay. I also think there's a very interesting way to help out NXT because you're taking, because that's a major vacuum that you're leaving. If you take those four guys, right. And this is controversial, but I would just take the undisputed era, move them to the main roster. And sorry to do this, but Imperium's moving over to NXT. Yes. That needs to happen. I agree. Give me cross versus Walter. Give me Walter versus like anybody on the roster. Seriously. Okay. That was a total sidebar. Okay. Um, in my opinion, main event time of night one, even though it's probably going to open the show, I don't care. Um, the WWE championship, Bobby Lashley, the champion defending his title against Drew McIntyre. Wow. This is the rematch that I think we've deserved. Um, they, these two men had what I would say an underappreciated WWE title match at Backlash, Ross. Would you agree? I agree. I agree. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was Backlash, was it not? Yes, it was. Yes. I want to make sure I got my pay-per-views right. They had an underappreciated match. Um, there were things about that match that I definitely was critical of, as were you. We both were. Um, but there was still a lot to love between those two. Those two have excellent chemistry for, especially for big men. Drew McIntyre is one of those guys exactly like Sheamus that he can, he can go with big guys and it's really entertaining. And Bobby Lashley, obviously is one of those guys that has that same type of chemistry. And so it makes sense that those two have a cohesiveness to them when they actually battle it out in the ring. And so their backlash match to me could have been cleaner, but I thought it was strong. And I think that this Saturday, they have an opportunity to go ahead and rectify some wrongs and put on a great 15 to 17 minute match. That's just them beating the holy bejesus out of one another. Here's the thing, Ross. If you think we had a hard time picking between Sasha and Bianca, I have no idea what to say between Drew and Bobby. Like not a clue. All right. So I'm going to do my very brief 30 second reason why the Hurt Business breaking up is not the end-all be-all of everything that everybody says it is. Okay, okay. let me give you 30 seconds. Hang tight. Hold up. Okay. All right. In five, four, three.
three, two, one, floor is yours. The Hurt Business was always an agreement and an understanding between two men, MVP and Bobby Lashley. The other two, which were nice and propelled them, and they had the Raw Tag Team titles, it was nice, okay? But that was never the plan. The plan was always to push Bobby Lashley with one guy, MVP. It's been successful. It will continue to be successful. It sucks that they ended it early, but it needed to happen anyway. Time. Well, that was three seconds. Uh, three seconds early. Well done. By the way, I just got your text, your your message. Woo, Tang. <laughs> That's very funny. In, in, inside of a clam, even though it's clan. Good times. I love Ric Flair jokes. I never get sick of them. That being said, um, two schools of thought here. Bobby Lashley just became the champion. You just broke up his group. So as an isolated performer, he, in a sense, got stronger by getting rid of the dead weight, but also got weaker because now he has less guys watching his back. So it's a more focused character, but it's slightly a weaker character. That makes sense. And then you got Drew, who uh, claymored Brock Lesnar's head off and became the champion in front of no fans. And he was supposed to have his big WrestleMania moment, and he's challenging for the title he won a year ago, and now there's fans here. So do you keep Bobby strong? Or do you have Drew finally have his WrestleMania moment in front of fans? Now, I realize this is a tough call for a lot of people. For me, this is not a tough call at all. At all. And I love these two com- I love these two competitors. Okay. I speak very highly of Bobby Lashley. I've been an enormous fan of Drew McIntyre ever since the chosen one days. No, not a Jeff Jarrett joke. This is back before he, you know, had a career renaissance, bulked up, had the Claymore kick and became the baddest man in WWE that's on the roster right now and is not named Brock Lesnar, even though he kicked Brock Lesnar's head off. Okay. Drew McIntyre's the guy. Okay. I said that last year. I will continue to say that. Drew McIntyre is the guy. Roman Reigns is doing his heel thing on SmackDown. That's perfect for him. It's perfect for what they need. You need to have one massive heel and one massive baby face. I love Bobby Lashley. I hope that this continues to be a successful career turnaround for his WWE days. But there is one outcome that has to happen at this show. You have to give Drew his moment in front of fans, and he has to be the champion again. I'm not saying he has to hold it for months and months and months. But basically, if you're putting him in this position, he cannot fail in front of people, and you have to have that moment to kick off the show. If that's what you're opening the show with, Drew McIntyre has to win this match. now. It's not going to be a squash. Bobby's going to hold his own. I expect this to be better than their backlash match. I really do believe that. They're going to clean some stuff up, as you said. They're going to learn from that match, as most wrestling feuds do when it's not just a one-off. You wrestle them multiple times. You try different things. You use things that work. You get rid of things that don't work, and you make it a better match. There are plenty of feuds that didn't do that, that should have done that, and I don't think this one's going to fall prey to that. So I think Bobby and Drew are going to put on a hell of a show. It's going to be a fight. Bobby's going to have him in his submission hold. Drew's going to power out of it. 
He's going to bounce off the ropes, kick him in the face, and pin him, and everyone's going to love it. Drew McIntyre is winning this match and becoming the new WWE champion. Yeah, no, I understand everything you just said. That doesn't make it any easier for me to pick. <laughs> um, here's the thing about Drew versus Bobby. So 2020 was the year of Drew. I mean, whether we, you know, I mean, there is no argument. It was the year of Drew. Um, the thing to me is, yes, fans are going to be there and that's going to be great. The question is, you know how, okay, I'm just going to be honest. You know how wrestling fans get tired of things really freaking easily, even though they clamor for it time and time again. But then when they finally get it, they're like, oh, my God, why don't you do something different? I feel like we're treading that water with Drew McIntyre a little bit. Um, not on my behalf. I love Drew McIntyre. But uh, I think that can be something that could perhaps – bite WWE in the ass. Um, I don't know if people want to see Bobby lose the title that soon because it would be very soon. He literally won it in February and he'd be losing it in reality in his second ever title defense. His first title defense was just completely obliterating the Miz in four minutes. Um, So this one's tough for me. I'll tell you this right now. You talk about we, we talked about Cesaro and Seth Rollins being the wrestling match of the eve of the of the night. Um, this could very well be the second best match of day one or night one, excuse me. This could be easily the second best match of night one. Um, you give these t- dudes 10 minutes, 15. I think 15 minutes is perfect. I don't think they should go any further than 15 minutes. Um I don't think it'd be v- believable enough. And what I mean by that is when you've got two dudes who are 6'6 six, six and 6'4 six, respectively, and one dude is 285 and the other one is 270 and they're big hosses like these two are, I think it's much more believable when you let them go just under 15, but like have the offense be as literally as hard hitting as possible. I think that's how you know you're going to get the best out of Bobby and Drew. So that's from an analysis standpoint, that's how you book this match. Have you know, even though Drew and Sheamus went 20 plus minutes at fast lane, that match was so physical that to me it was almost not believable that they could go that long with that physical that level of physicality, right? So I think that you'd be running into the same thing with Bobby and Drew. Um, and I think that this has the opportunity to be even more physical than that was. So I think 15 minutes is the most they should go. I already went out on a on a limb by picking Sasha. I don't know if I want to do it twice in one night. So I'm going to go with Drew becoming the a three-time WWE champion on Saturday night. I'm just not 100% sure if that's the right call. In the same vein as you don't you're not sure if it's 100% the right call to go with Bianca beating Sasha. I'm not 100% certain if Drew going over on Bobby is the right call, but I feel like it might be the safer call in in particular with we don't know exactly how night two is set to end. Right. And I think that that has to play into the booking decisions of how WWE wants to play out this show. You want to make sure that people are going out happy. 
would they be happy if you saw Sasha beat Bianca and Drew beat Bobby or Bobby beat Drew? Not sure. So I think just from a logical standpoint, I think going Drew McIntyre beating Bobby Lashley in a banger of a match, by the way, I don't expect anything less out of these two. Um, it's probably the right way to go. So even though I, I would love to see the Bobby Bobby reign continue, I think Drew McIntyre is going to win and become a three-time WWE champion. That's where I'm going. That's where my head's at. All right. So just as a quick recap for our night one predictions, we are both picking Lana and Naomi to win the tag team turmoil match to get a title match against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler on night two. We have both picked Braun Strowman to defeat Shane McMahon in a steel cage match. We have both picked AJ Styles and Amos or Omos or however you pronounce the bodyguard's name to be the new Raw Tag Team Champions. We are both picking Cesaro to defeat Seth Rollins. We are also both picking Bad Bunny and Damian Priest to take down The Miz and John Morrison. He has Sasha Banks retaining the SmackDown Women's Championship. I have Bianca becoming the new SmackDown Women's Champion. And we have both picked Drew McIntyre to become the new WWE Champion. So that is night one. And then we have night two, which we're going to be going through a lot faster. <laughs> because, yeah, for sure. Because... Honestly, like night one to me is is where a lot of the action is going to be. And look, I'm not saying night two is going to be bad. I'll probably eat my words on this, but there's a lot more stuff that we're not going to go as far in depth to, but we're, of course, still going to make predictions for. So let's start off with the fact that there is a tag team title match for the women's tech for the WWE women's tag team titles. We both picked Lana and Naomi to face Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Um, I don't know if there's any reason at this point to just take the titles off of Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler at, at right now. Uh, you had multiple opportunities to do it. You didn't. So obviously you want to keep the belts on them to do whatever with them. Um, I'm just going to say Nia and Shayna retain. I was really hoping that you'd go Lana and Naomi so I could also agree that Lana and Naomi and give me a reason to go ahead and just take the titles off Nia and Shayna at this point. But I, again, want to be very careful with how I pick out my picks this evening. So if you're going to say that, as am I, because I want to be very careful with how much leeway I give you for the next six matches we're about to discuss. So fine. Nia Jax and Shayna also retain, even though they need to drop <laughs> those titles immediately. And Shayna needs to put the Coquina, excuse me, the Carafuda clutch, Coquina clutch of Simone Joe, Carafuda clutch on Nia and just put her to sleep and just break up that team immediately. All right. I really want to go over another match, but I'll do one before it. Okay. All right. What you, All right. what you got, buddy? Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, so we've seen this match before a bunch. Uh, we've not seen this baby face heel dynamic before. Can we be very clear uh, about something when it comes to these two? Uh-huh. Even though we've seen it a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got 10 fingers and I've got 10 toes. And out of those 10 fingers and 10 toes, I have not seen 
Sami Zayn and KO disappoint once. I, we, I need to go ahead and make that very clear to the audience. Just because we've seen it a bunch, this is not like John Cena and Randy Orton. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, it's just really freaking good. Carry on. All right, so there is an X factor to this match, and his name is Logan Paul. I have thoughts on Logan Paul. I'm not going to mention them on this show. Let's just he's, say he's he, not as bad as his brother. That's for sure. But you're right. What do you mean? Jake Paul is the freaking douchebag Magoo. That is the boxer that I want to go ahead and get his ass see his, get his head knocked off. Okay. So Logan Paul is still an idiot, but Jake Paul is just on a different level of it. Just somebody punch him out. Ben so Askren. it was. So it was Jake Paul that got in trouble with the Scottsdale Mall thing. Correct. And it's Jake okay. Paul who's going to be who fought and knocked out Nate Robinson. And all of a sudden he thinks he's a pro boxer. Okay. Logan Paul is the YouTuber that is. Well, they like, both are YouTubers. Yes. Oh, but Logan right. Paul has the massive podcast now okay. on top of that. Okay. Impulsive, so, I think it's what it's called. Okay. So Logan Paul is in Sami Zayn's corner, correct? Yeah, you know, because Sami Zayn do, is doing this whole like, oh, Logan Paul is going to watch my documentary. That okay. whole thing. So the reality is, does Logan Paul help Sami Zayn win the match? or Does he turn on him and cost him the match? I do, I, I'm going to do say this right now. I do not need to see Kevin Owens lose to Sami Zayn. That the man, <laughs> Kevin Owens has too much momentum from those beast matches that he just had with Roman Reigns these past three months. Mm-hmm. And then he, he was the one that got eliminated by Jey Uso at the elimination chamber. I do mm-hmm. not need to see Kevin Owens losing to Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. I just don't. There's always one match on the show that nobody wants to see the outcome. And yet there's always one match where it happens. Oh yeah, I know. And you know what the messed up thing is? It's going to be this match. Like, I, the, I'm telling you right now, I'm picking Sami Zayn to win this match. I'm telling you right now, I'm also picking Sami Zayn and it pains me with every fiber <laughs> in my being. At least last year when you picked Seth Rollins to beat Kevin Owens and I picked Kevin Owens, I think you picked Seth Rollins last year to beat him. I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah. I went with my heart on that one. I was like, KO has to win this match. Like, there is no other outcome. And he did. And, of course, we got the epic, you know, him jumping off the freaking WrestleMania sign into the announce Mm -hmm. table, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, listen, I know Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Like, if you give them time, they're going to have a not good match. They're going to have a great match. Mm -hmm. But this this isn't Kevin and Sami from 2016 unfortunately nope. and it's not nope. kevin and sammy from 2014 and what i mean by that is not that their physical ability is not there on the contrary <laughs> kevin owens is much better than what he was when he first came into nxt which is amazing and then sammy sammy zane has not lost a step he hasn't like just to, let's be very clear just because i hate the way that sammy's character is being portrayed right now does not mean that in any way shape or form that man has lost his touch in the wrestling ring that's the first thing second of all um there is no second of all. I mean, you're right. Yeah. I'm picking Sammy Zoo. Sammy Zoo. Sammy too. Um, I don't really see Logan doing much though. I don't see him really getting involved. I think he's just going to be outside. He's just going to be clapping. And he's like, Oh, let's go watch your documentary, bro. And be on the podcast. 
All right. Um, which, by the way, to be fair, I actually have listened to a little bit of Logan Paul's podcast. It's actually not bad. He's actually very, he's very, a very good entertainer. He's, he's very good at what he does as a social media thing. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so we're both picking Sami Zayn. Uh, all right. The match that will, I'm sorry, the feud that will not die. I can't believe, I cannot believe this match is being completely tossed to the side given the performers. The Fiend versus Randy Orton. Okay, well, guess what? Here's my analysis. They brought Fiend back from the dead. They had Randy Orton lose a match to Alexa Bliss. The Fiend is winning. I have nothing else to say. Again, the Fiend's makeup is amazing, and he's beating Randy Orton, and we move on. That's all I have to say. All right. Uh, Riddle and Sheamus, I don't really have a lot to talk about either. Um, This is going to be a brawl. I don't know if there's any other way to say this. Um, Okay, this is not my prediction. It's not my prediction. Um, I could see this being a disqualification win for Matt Riddle. I could see Sheamus beating him so badly that the refs are like, no, you're kicking his ass too much. I'm disqualifying you. I get, I, I see where you're at, especially because Riddle has been this little annoying gnat of like, mm-hmm. bro, I want to sell yep. scooters in Japan and forget my lines backstage because so, I'm so, toasted. So, so, here's, so here's my prediction. I don't think Riddle gets this massive, like, defining win over Sheamus. I think this feud continues for another pay-per-view. I think Riddle holds the title, but this is going to be just a brawl, and this is not the end of this story. I know WrestleMania is supposed to be the end of a lot of stories, but I, I don't see this being an end. And I don't think taking the title off of Riddle is the move here. So however you have to do it, even if it is some schmoz finish, I would have Riddle still walk out with the title. So I'll say he wins, not cleanly, and I'm not going to pick a DQ finish, even though I will not be surprised if it happens. So I'll just say Riddle wins because and move on. Okay, can I be honest with you? I think Sheamus has built himself an immense amount of momentum over since January like an insane amount of momentum. And it's been really tossed to the side. Um, maybe I'm speaking as a Seamus Mark, perhaps, because let's be honest, I am a Seamus Mark. I've, I've said it many times before on this podcast, and I'm, I'll continue to say it until I die. I love Seamus. Um, but genuinely, man, you look at the, the, I think the Drew McIntyre feud actually did some wonders for him. Um, I think that a lot of people remembered the Celtic warrior again. I think people remembered, oh, crap, Cesaro wasn't the only beast in the bar, you know? Um, And even though he lost to Bobby Lashley a week ago or whatever it was, he still, they they presented Sheamus in a way of Sheamus took it to Bobby Lashley. Like Sheamus took it to Bobby Lashley, right? And so this is not taking anything away from Riddle because – for all I can say about his attitude outside the ring, for all I can say about his character, the man is stupid talented. Stupid talented. Like, when he was in NXT, at one point I picked him to beat my boy, the Velveteen Dream. 
I was wrong and I'm still mad at you for that riddle. So screw you. But that being said, um, I want to pick Seamus so bad. I want to pick Seamus so bad, but I think you're right. But I'm not, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say that I think riddle maybe rolls him up for the victory, but I don't think this feud ends, but I don't think it ends via disqualification. I think riddles just going to go ahead and pin him, but like with a roll up or something like a schoolboy roll up or something like that. Okay. So we're on the same we're on the same wavelength. Okay. I know, but there's a lot of momentum on Sheamus' side right now that if he bro kicked the absolute just weed out of Riddle's system, mm-hmm. like it would not surprise me in one bit if Sheamus walked out with the US title on Sunday. Uh by the way, before we go any further, because we only have three more matches to talk about, we have a new NXT champion. And his name is Karrion Cross. Yeah, I didn't want to tell you. I wanted you to make. I didn't want to spoil it for you. So yeah, uh, I think that's the. I think that's the right call. He never lost it. I mean, he lo- he had to vacate it after one night because of his dislocated shoulder after his match with Keith Lee. Correct. And I think that Finn Balor had a tremendous reign as NXT champion. He really did. I'm very proud of the work he did. Um, and that's why I mentioned, give me Karrion Cross versus Walter. Give me Karrion Cross versus Walter. I'm 100% okay with that. And awesome. shout out to Finn Balor for the last six months. What a reign. Indeed. Indeed. All right. So, oh, okay. Here we go. I'm not going to get on a pedestal. I'm not going to get upset. I'm just going to save this for what it is. Big E is defending his Intercontinental title against Apollo Crews in a Nigerian drum fight, which to the best of my knowledge is a hardcore match. Okay. For those of you that had Big E retain his title at the last pay-per-view because uh, a month from now, it'll be much better that Apollo Crews beats him for the title. Does it really matter that they're having this rematch? Is it really going to matter if Biggie beats him again or if Apollo Crews wins the title a month later? Answer me. Answer me how much this feud has progressed in the last month. Well, here's the thing. It hasn't. Uh, That's the first thing. Second of all, I'd like to be very clear. I never at one point said that not only was Apollo Crews going to beat Biggie, because actually I stayed, I stood firm in saying Apollo should not beat Biggie at all. Um, so I'm actually quite surprised that we're getting the rematch at WrestleMania. That's the first thing. Secondly, um, I'm just going to say this right now Biggie should beat him again. Apollo Crews should not be the Intercontinental Championship, uh, Intercontinental Champion. Biggie should. Big E is holding on tight to that Intercontinental Championship until he's ready to give it up and until they're ready to put him in the main event slot that he has rightfully earned. So I ask you the same question this month that I asked you at the last pay-per-view. Go ahead. If if this is the plan for Big E to beat Apollo Crews on two straight pay-per-views, why on God's green earth did you transform his entire character and make him turn heel? Why? Because I, I think I gave you a, a, I'll try and give you the best answer that I tried to give you back at Fastlane. I think that there's still good things in the pipeline for Apollo Crews. It's just, I think they put him up against Big E too early. 
in this run, Ross. I'm just going to flat out say that because I'm not going to say Biggie and Apollo have not had good chemistry. On the contrary, they've actually had pretty good chemistry as a whole. But I think they probably, if you really wanted to go ahead and put Apollo in that slot of he's the guy that's going to go ahead and take the title off Biggie, this feud should not have been happening right now. This should, this feud should be happening sometime in the summer and then have Apollo go over on Biggie as you get ready to push Biggie in the second half of 2021. So I think that the timing on this one was completely wrong, but they've already put themselves in this position. And I'm going to tell, I'm just going to tell it to you straight up one more time. Biggie shouldn't be dropping this intercontinental title. He just shouldn't. Yeah. I'm going Biggie. He's retaining one more time. At, at, I'll, I'll die on that hill. I'm fine with that. If I'm wrong yeah. on Sunday, I'm wrong, but they're wrong for making that call. This feud is on which show? Uh, night two. No. Oh, on SmackDown. Which... Excuse me. SmackDown. Sorry. I misunderstood okay. that. So Biggie and Apollo Crews are on SmackDown. Okay. Now, you. You said you want to have Big E hold the title until you're ready to push him to be a main event guy. Okay? Yeah. So your plan is for Big E to wrestle Roman Reigns. That's your plan. Perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Okay. So you want to hold so you want to have Big E wrestle Roman Reigns when? SummerSlam? Um I'm not sure if SummerSlam. But perhaps maybe during those uh, middle summer months, perhaps like uh, it, perhaps a backlash or perhaps an extreme rules, maybe okay. even money in the bank, depending on where you slide it in into the into the calendar year. Okay. So you're going to have Big E hold this title until late spring, early summer. I'd say June. Yeah, maybe June. Okay. Uh-huh. okay. So who's he going to wrestle in the meantime? Um, I mean... You're going to have him beat Apollo Crews four more times? No, no, no. I mean, maybe maybe if I'm wrong about Seth Rollins and they don't want to turn him babyface, maybe the next stepping stone in order for Big E to go ahead and reach that main event status is perhaps going through Seth Rollins. Now, of course, okay, well, what does that mean? Does that mean that Seth Rollins beats him to become the Intercontinental Championship, uh, Intercontinental Champion? Perhaps, no. But I think it's all about stepping stones, right? It's about how exactly to progress somebody into finally getting into in, getting them entrenched into a spot. Uh-huh. They have to go through several uh, phases and whatnot. So he beats Apollo Crews, and then he has a real main event style feud with Seth Rollins for the secondary title on that show, um, which then perhaps allows him to progress even more that he loses. Perhaps he loses the intercontinental championship in a battle Royal or something of that nature. And then all of a sudden you kind of get, I don't know. I'm just, cause I don't know who exactly I could think off the top of my head that I could see beating Biggie in the okay. summertime, but then you kind of like have him rebuild his momentum once more and you put him in a number one contendership match of like maybe a fatal four way of that na- or something of that nature. He goes over and then you give the people Biggie versus Roman. Let me be very clear. I'm not saying Biggie needs to beat Roman. But I think that putting him in into a high-profile world championship match sometime this summer has to be high up on the priority list for World Wrestling Entertainment and Fox, uh, excuse me, SmackDown on Fox in particular. Okay. okay. Um, let me ask you another question about Apollo Crews real quick. Go ahead. When he's been cutting his promos and doing his gimmick, mm-hmm. um, has he had like people around him 
he has like these like not enforcers if you will but you know he's kind of carrying himself as nigerian royalty right so he kind of has like these bodyguards with him Mm -hmm. but i'm not 100 percent certain if they've really been doing much of the work okay really been apollo that's been whooping ass and taking names okay so this let me make sure i get the name right a nigerian drum fight hardcore match yeah that's what i that's what i kind of read right anything can happen correct yep calling it right now shenanigans happen apollo cruz wins the match i can becomes understand the new, becomes the new intercontinental champion because here's the thing uh-huh. okay you want to die on the hill of promoting Big E and having him hold the title i die on a hill of if you give a guy tv time and you change everything about him and you do nothing with him you're doing a disservice for him and you're basically wasting your viewers time with actually putting a spotlight on something you plan on doing absolutely nothing with. And by the way, I'm not saying the intercontinental title is nothing, but unfortunately in the pecking order of WWE, it basically means Jack. I can understand that, especially when it's on SmackDown with the universal title. I feel you where you're saying that, where you're coming from. Yeah. Literally the, okay. Name me. In fact, okay, other than, okay, because when did the Miz hold the Intercontinental title last? It's been a minute, dude. I want to say like around 2018, because that's when Seth beat him and Balor at that amazing triple threat to go ahead and open up 34. Did Miz hold the United States title recently then? I thought he had a oh, run no, no, with no, the no. Mid-card I'm sorry. title. I, you know what? If I'm not mistaken, forgive me. If I'm not mistaken, when... Hold on. I want to make sure that I'm not getting my timelines because because I think he's won a mid card title pretty recently. So the only reason I say that is because they keep bringing up that he's getting very close to like Jericho's intercontinental title record. Yeah, you're right. So um, that's why I was mentioning the intercontinental title. I, I, I'll, I'll get you the I'll, I'll get you the number on that. While get, you look, go ahead and what you were going to say. While you look, my point is that the intercontinental title is a belt. It's not as prestigious as it used to be. It's, and unfortunately, the way they treat their mid-card, it's just something for people to aspire to that they're not wrestling for the world title. Um, look, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and that's fine. I've liked Big E for a long time. Um, I actually thought this push should have happened instead of the Kofi Kingston push, which, again, I hate that I have to bring this up all the time, was not even supposed to happen. But I just, if your plan is Big E versus Roman Reigns, I don't know if that's a program you should, like, if you're telling me that your plan is for Big E to beat Roman Reigns eventually, I I think that's a mistake. I think if your plan is for Big E to wrestle Roman Reigns and he just lose, I don't know if that really helps him. So in the meantime, you have a feud. You just said that you want him to get better back and forth. At this point, if you didn't already change the belt, you might as well just change it now. So I'm going to disagree with you respectfully, and I will say that that Apollo Cruz by hook or by crook in a Nigerian drum fight hardcore match wins the title. If this was a regular match, I would a thousand percent agree with you. The Big E should retain. But this is a hardcore match where anything can happen, which thank God there are not a lot of gimmicks on this show. 
There's a hardcore match. There's a steel cage match. There's a triple threat match. Um, the tag team turmoil, I'm not going to count as a special match because right. it's that's just, just a, a multi- fatal four way. Yeah. Right. So really the only gimmick matches on this show are the steel cage match, mm-hmm. the triple threat match, because it's not a singles or a tag team match. Yep. And this match. Yeah. And this is one of the matches where you can do anything. So I'll right. just say Apollo Cruz wins and okay. just go with it. To so. answer your question, by the way, from earlier, um, the Miz uh, last won the Intercontinental title at uh, the January 22nd Raw, which was the 25-year Raw reunion. Um, and that's when he ended up losing it to Seth Rollins at Mania 34. So, uh, yes, that was right. Okay. So I knew it wasn't that long. I mean, that yeah, no, was no, a while ago, but it wasn't as long ago as I thought it was. Right, okay. right, right. Yeah, no, you were you were right okay. on it. And again, for those of you who have never seen the triple threat between Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, and The Miz at WrestleMania 34 to open up that show, that match mm-hmm. is a banger. That, that, well, that match is a great, great triple threat match for that IC title. They did a great job. That was probably the second best match on that card. Well, I have more breaking news for you. Talk to me, brother. Your winner of the main event of Stand and Deliver Night 2 in an unsanctioned match in a 40-minute barn burner, Kyle O'Reilly. Nice. Good call. Good call, NXT. Good call, Trips. Good call, TDT. Not to uh, not to brag, but... Uh, oh, no, hey. I'm, tell- I'm telling you. Uh, Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown. Adam Cole's coming to your show. Yeah, listen, as much as I'd love to see Cole on SmackDown, Raw needs him. Yep. Raw needs him. He they really, really do. I agree. And they need to have him. Who should he feud with immediately on Raw? Uh, I have an idea. Okay. Depending on the outcome this upcoming Sunday, you would be a fool to not have Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan feud, especially after they had that banger of a match when the main, the main, most of the main roster got stuck in Saudi. And so he came you, on to SmackDown and had hold a, on, go hold ahead. on. Are you, are you tipping your hand for the main event by nope, doing I that? I said, depending on the results huh. on Sunday. Okay. I, let's okay. let's get to the main no, no, event and then I'll no. give you my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> you're 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 right that they should do that match, but I don't know if he should wrestle that first night. But Oh, no, 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 not th- first night. They should do they should do something really cool the first night. I 100% that. agree so, with you. Okay. If he goes over if he goes over to SmackDown, um I think that Daniel Bryan perhaps is a, is a name Perhaps maybe Big E. Perhaps that's how you have the Intercontinental okay, Championship so, dropped off from Big E's shoulders. Okay, so if he goes to Raw, though, who should he feud with? If he goes to Raw, um, if he goes to Raw, you have him take the U.S. title off of uh, off of Riddle immediately. Wow. Oh, yeah. That, that would be. And, okay, here you go. Here's something cool. You do that, and then you could have Adam Cole in the very near future wrestling Sheamus. I like that idea. I got an and, even better one for you. Okay. You you give me the rematch between Drew McIntyre and Adam Cole from like NXT TakeOver from a couple years uh, back. I, I would wait. 
I oh, like. Excuse me, by the way, out. excuse me. Let me be very clear. I apologize. That was not a rematch. It was just a match. They didn't. They didn't have that match at NXT Takeover when he beat Bobby Roode. It was just the fact that Adam Cole attacked him at Takeover that okay. night. Sorry, so, I, I apologize. That was Takeover okay. Brooklyn, like uh, I want to say 2017. So, so I would wait because there are plenty of other opponents he can wrestle on Raw that people will love, and you can build that up. I like where your head's at, but just wait. I got one wait on you. that. Okay. You want to you want to wait on something? This is what mm-hmm. you wait for, but don't wait too long. Just make sure you wait the right amount of time. Let it marinate. You get the people ready for AJ versus Adam Cole. That's 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 it. That's there is no argument after that, Ross. You know that. I'm looking at your face right now. I see you looking up at the ceiling. I see you. You know. I see the wheels rolling. You're giving me the yes, the Godfather look. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's 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 it. That's okay. game over. All right. Yeah. Back to the pay per view. Um, so you have Big E retaining the Intercontinental Championship. I have Apollo Crews becoming the new Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. We have Oscar versus Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's Championship. This is another tough one. It's another tough one for sure. But um Oscar has been a shining light. She has been the co-MVP of the COVID era. Absolutely co-MVP. Uh, I will I will say this with a straight face. Um oh okay. I will say she's the co-MVP of Raw. Um, I might want to give her a little bit more credit, but I can understand that because Roman Reigns really has taken the reins. No, 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 no. Hold on. Go ahead. Yes. Okay. Hold on. Reigns joke incoming. I don't care that I'm prefacing this. I say co-MVP of Raw because I think her and Drew have been the MVPs of Raw. Yes. Roman Reigns is absolutely not only the MVP of SmackDown, he is the MVP of WWE during the COVID era. I, I think it's fair to say, and not to go ahead and do a cop-out answer here, but I think that's a legit, excuse me, a legit three-way tie between Roman and Drew and Asuka. I apologize. Okay. That, that I got a little too hot on the mic, so I'm sorry about that. Okay. So, she's been fantastic. Um, how she won the title, still not a big fan of. That was a long time ago, though. I've gotten over that. I still have not gotten over the way Shayna Baszler lost her title match to Becky Lynch at that WrestleMania. I will never get over that. The way that Asuka was just handed the title, even though she had the brief, whatever, whatever. The point is, Asuka has shown Vince, everybody in that company, and what we all knew, is that she's awesome. <laughs> she is, she is, I mean, other than she can't really cut a promo, she's awesome. To be fair, she does cut a very good promo in Japanese, but yes. <laughs> uh, okay. The last I checked. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just pushing your buttons there, buddy. I'm just pushing your buttons. The last I checked, cutting a promo in English was the way to go. Yes, but to be, can I can I just mention something? Whenever Go she, ahead. okay, so well, because like I do want to give Oscar some love real quick. You're going to defend her on promos, even though you really shouldn't. But go no, ahead. No, 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 I'm not. No, 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 I'm not going to defend her on promos. But what I am going to say is, I think it's very important to note that even though she won't say anything in English, 
when she finally finishes her promo in Japanese and then she drops, you're not ready for Asuka. That's the way she says it with her whole manuerisms. And then she's got the green mist coming down. You got to admit that that is a visual and an audio thing that encompasses awesomeness and badassness and does always get you hyped up for whatever it is that Oscar is about to be participating in. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. So for very different reasons. Okay. Oscar has still proven that she is not only booked, but portrays herself as being better than everybody else. Like, it's not a debate. It's it's just not. And as I mentioned before, there's literally only one other person that can say that on their roster right now. And that's Charlotte Flair, who is also missing from this show. Right. And uh, speedy recovery from COVID, by the way. Yes. Now, I realize that there are other reasons for why she's not on the show. I'm just saying Charlotte Flair not being at a WrestleMania is going to feel a little weird. I'm just saying. Agreed. Now, Rhea Ripley, while she's had another pretty good year, all things considered, I mean, she went toe-to-toe with the best. Then she went back to NXT. Now she's on the main roster. Yep. She had a really good showing at the Royal Rumble. Yep, she and not to mention those those several bangers that she had on that closing out of NXT with the triple threat with EO and Charlotte and then mm-hmm. her and Raquel like going yes. just ham on each other in that last woman standing match. As and I yeah, said, you, yeah. she had a she has she's had a very successful NXT run since her brief moment on the main roster and now she's back. She had a very strong showing at the Royal Rumble. She finished runner up, right? Her and Bianca both eliminated yep. Charlotte. She finished runner-up to Bianca. Right. So now she's on Raw, and she's challenging Asuka. So for the exact same reason why I'm putting Bianca over, which is if you're going to have the future of the women's division come up, you might as well have the two biggest pieces of that future both win the title on the same night, which is why Rhea Ripley is becoming the new Raw women's champion okay oscar what she didn't lose for what two and a half years or whatever it was and down in nxt boy that's something yeah around that okay good chunk of time okay and she doesn't lose often okay i mean all things considered oscar's pretty protected yeah yeah no oscar is uh you know, for all the crap that sometimes people give other people, I think people forget Oscar's on a level that not very many people are, men or women on that well, roster. Well, let's see. So people that have beat her in a one-on-one match. Charlotte. Charlotte. Um, Bailey. Becky. Becky uh, Sasha. To an ex- Sasha, kind of. Okay. Yeah. Um, Carmella. Yes. And... Shayna. Well, I mean, not. I mean, Shayna tapped her out inside of the elimination chamber. Does that count? I mean, it's not a one. Still a victory, but it's still a victory. Like she's still, you know. So that's that's women who I barely could count on. What is that like? Six women 
in it's how not, many years? It's not a lot. It's not. It's really not a lot. And it's, shout out to her, by the way. I, I look. Please, please, please give us Oscar versus Io Shirai. Please make this happen immediately. I know it's not going to because Io is going to probably hang around in NXT for a while, but I'm actually okay with that. Yeah, please. You know what? If Oscar wants to go wrestler down in NXT, do it. Just just do it. If you don't have anything better for Oscar to do, just I'm not saying have her down there for months. I'm saying just go have a wrestler on a pay-per-view or on an NXT. I don't care how many. So earlier this evening, I said you could have played around with Bailey, you know, had Kaylee Ray come over from UK. Bailey goes down to to NXT stand and deliver. They have a banger of a match. Bailey puts her over, right? Mm -hmm. Why not do something similar with Oscar where you go ahead and you send Oscar over to the United Kingdom? Or you send Oscar down to NXT and you have her play around with some of those girls down there. You give, I mean, what is the potential of a Raquel versus Oscar? I mean, come on, just think about it for one second, and you all of a sudden start to get saliva dripping down your mouth because that is a savory match right there. By the way, there's others out there, you know, because there still is like Dakota Kai can go. Candice LeRae and Asuka, just, I mean, just look at the bangers that Io Shirai and Candice LeRae had. Can you imagine the bangers that you could see from Candice LeRae and, and Asuka? Just for the record, I don't I don't need the visual of you drooling everywhere, but yes. I mean, like, you know, frothing at the mouth. Is what I, I, should have said. I, I also don't need a visual of you frothing at the mouth, but let's let's carry on. All right. Let's let's. <laughs> <laughs> Let's 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 care. This, Trust this me. coming from the man that said that Usos and the New Day could go ahead and feud for the remainder of time. And he'd be okay with it. Yes, but yes. that's not that's not a, that's, that's that's not, not a weird visual, right? right. Fair exactly. Enough, fair enough. Thank all you. Right, all right. Okay. All right. So are you? Are you <laughs> so I got a question. So you, so you're going Rhea, huh? Uh, look, I'm picking. I'm picking uh, Bianca to win her title and Rhea to win her title, and you've got your new age of your women's division right there in one night. Yeah, you know, here's so here's where my people some some people might call me um, a hypocrite, and I, I'm willing to go ahead and accept this criticism, Ross. I'm going to go with Rhea too, but the difference between me picking Rhea as opposed to me not wanting to pick Bianca doesn't have to do with me liking Rhea better than Bianca. I'd like to be very clear. I think a lot of it has to do is I look at as a whole the year that Oscar had. Okay, even though Asuka hasn't had her own respective WrestleMania moment, her year has been so strong that it cannot be denied. Is that saying that Sasha hasn't had a strong year? No, that's not what I'm saying. On the contrary, Sasha has had one of the better years of her career. You can even make the case that 2020 into 2021 has been the best stretch of Sasha's career. The thing is. Let's be real for a second. You look at the first half of 2020 for Sasha Banks. It wasn't that strong. You know, Sasha had a little bit of catching up to do where Asuka just went on a, just on a tear and she hasn't looked back since. So when you put this moment of Asuka, it's like, well, can she afford to lose? Yeah, she can. Because for the most part, Asuka has run roughshod over the women's division for the past 12 months. Sasha hasn't. And there's a big difference. Rhea can take up the spot and then you can refreshen up Asuka a little bit. 
where the refreshing of Sasha Banks is still occurring in front of our eyes. It just so happens to be that she's got a title around her waist and Rhea doesn't and Bianca doesn't. And you ask me, in, in, in these two matches, we talked about four of the top women are trying to go ahead and prove that the evolution is still alive. You're absolutely right. But we still have to look at these two matches separately, right? And I have to look at Sasha and Bianca, and I got to look at Asuka and Rhea. Who needs the title between more, more between Asuka and Rhea? Rhea. Why? Because Asuka's run roughshod with it for the last 12 months. Who needs the title more between Bianca and Sasha? Sasha does. Why? Because Sasha still has a lot more to prove in that title reign where Bianca's got a full career ahead of her. And I know that that sounds perhaps hypocritical, and I'm willing to accept that, but that's just my thoughts. And that's just the, 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 it's not a knock on Bianca. It's a knock on the fact that they've booked Sasha like crap for a long time and they finally have it figured out. Don't kill a good thing while it's happening. Don't kill a cash cow when the cash cow is not dead yet. The New Day's cash cow is dead. Sasha's not. There's a big difference. So you are also picking Rhea Ripley. Yes, yes. And, okay. and, and I'm going to be honest with you right now. I think uh, I said I said Sasha and Bianca was going to be borderline special. I think Oscar and Rhea has the potential of being better than Charlotte and Rhea last year. Charlotte and Rhea had an amazing NXT Women's Championship match last year at WrestleMania. All right, sir. You know what time it is. Main event time, baby. Main event time. The real main event of this show. Regardless of how you feel about how we got here, which, by the way, if you've seen the memes on the internet, there are a lot of unhappy people that this match is happening. Which is kind of weird, isn't it? And yet, I get both sides of the argument. I do, too. I do. So, the main event of this show is a triple threat match for the Universal title, which means there are no rules. Anything can happen because in a triple threat match, there's no disqualification. And the champion does not have to be pinned to lose his title. That being said, it is Roman Reigns. That's right, that Roman Reigns. But is he the Luther Reigns of this match? I don't know. Maybe we need to back up. Maybe we need to have Kurt Angle clapping in the background. I swear. Tremendous. I haven't busted that out in a while. For any of you that have no idea what I'm talking about, watch the Luther Reigns Titantron on YouTube. It shows a moment where he throws John Cena into something, throws him into the ring, backs up like he did nothing. Kurt Angle up on a ramp, clapping. It's tremendous. You'll laugh for hours. That or just listen fail. to every episode we did in 2019 where every episode Ross mentioned Luther Reigns in some way, shape, or form. Well, just or- every episode. No, no, no. Every episode, I should have counted. I should have had a Luther Reigns meter. Actually, actually, the 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 truth of it is, uh, I would I would I would make the constant joke of somebody taking it by the reins, but would it be taking it by the Roman reins? That was a failed joke as well. That being said, Roman every Reigns, one of your Luther Reigns <laughs> or Roman Reigns jokes were a fail. <laughs> I don't care. You know why? It makes me laugh, and that's what's important about that this joke true. is that is that I laugh because guess what? I don't care if I make nobody laugh on this show. I make myself laugh. That's, again, what keeps me sane. (laughs) That being said, Roman Reigns is defending his universal title against the Royal Rumble winner, Edge. 
and their other opponent, <laughs> Daniel Bryan. <laughs> okay. We said this a month ago. We said, oh, I bet people are really not going to want this to be on one-on-one. Well, let's just add Daniel Bryan to the match and everyone will love it. Well, newsflash, it is very split on how people think of the fact that Daniel Bryan is added to this match. Literally every meme is like something versus something versus Daniel Bryan versus Daniel Bryan. I think my favorite one was Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. (laughs) Yes, that one is good. Um, I think another one was Alien versus Predator versus Daniel Bryan. That I think was I saw one Godzilla I saw. versus King Kong versus Daniel Bryan. Shout out yes. to yes. By the way, shout yes. out to Hobson Box Office Flops. They're about to drop their uh, uh, their King, their Godzilla versus King Kong uh, review tomorrow. And of course, not to go ahead and give it away, but what the hell? Uh, Tom the Thunderous Wizard is going to be joining us next week for our WrestleMania review show. Very excited about that, of mm-hmm. course. By the way, uh, Tom. If, if you're listening to the show, you will appreciate this reference because I actually saw this as a meme. Another one that I saw was of the incredibly, incredibly awful film from 2002 called Ballistic X versus Sever, but it was Ballistic X versus Sever versus Daniel Bryan. They actually, <laughs> was... they, it, that's hilarious. They, they actually reviewed that movie too, by the way. It, it's so just just the fact that that was referenced tremendous literally it's one of the worst movies i've ever seen in my life that being said yeah they weren't kind to that movie either daniel bryan is in this match uh after the build-up was that uh roman reigns versus edge was going to be the title for the title then they had a light bulb moment in two forms okay The first light bulb moment was that, oh, Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns is something people want to see. But, oh, wait, Edge won the Royal Rumble, and he's already fighting Roman Reigns. Light bulb moment number two. People don't want to see Adam Copeland, the guy, the the cheery comeback story. People want to see the rated R superstar come back. And guess what? That's what we're getting. So I just want to be very clear. I was totally okay with seeing Cherry Adam Copeland, though. I, I, oh, no. I didn't have no, a problem no, no, with that. No, no, hold on. Hold on. Time out. Okay. The Edge return storyline is fantastic. It's fantastic. It worked for the feud against Randy Orton. Okay. It worked. It was great. I still love that match from last year's WrestleMania. I don't care what anybody else says. Yeah, not to mention their greatest match, the the greatest wrestling match ever. I mean, it was overhyped, but it did its best to damn deliver. It got close. Okay. Also, by the way, that was another one with memes galore. I I believe my favorite one was uh, it was either Triple H versus Scott Steiner, the greatest match of all time, or Scott Steiner versus math. because he did the promo at impact if you've never seen that promo scott steiner greatest promo ever or math promo it's anyway there's so many like there was another one of uh fiend versus seth rollins in the hell in a cell match greatest match ever it it could go on and on and on the point is that um they knew that even though the edge storyline returning is great um 
that's not the character people identify with. People identify with the ruthless bastard that was the alternate that was the ultimate opportunist known as the rated R superstar, Edge. So not only do we have a heel babyface dynamic of two versus one instead of one versus two, which is tremendous. Now we can have babyface in peril, Daniel Bryan, him trying to overcome the odds and still not getting the match that everybody thinks that they want out of Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns because we're not getting it yet because they're going to tease it for another match. So um, I also, at the end of the day, think they decided that they want to protect Edge. And the best way to protect Edge in this situation is for him to not take a spear. (laughs) Okay, like, I understand that the comeback is here and there are lots of... Look, the spear is a cool move. But at the end of the day, Roman Reigns' big body stealth still has to run into you and still has to slam you into the ground. It's still a move with some danger, okay? I understand that everybody's trying to work as safe as possible, and they should, because they're trying to make it look real and everything else. I get it. But still, he takes one bad bump, he's screwed again, right? Okay, so he doesn't have to work the whole match. You can have him have his shine moments. Everybody will be happy that he's in the main event because he's here. He won the Rumble. He got his moment, regardless of of, of what you think of that. And at the end of the day, Roman Reigns can pin Edge. And Daniel Bryan can say Roman Reigns still has not beaten him in a one-on-one match where it's not right after a match or in a triple threat match. So my pick is Roman Reigns beating Edge to retain the universal title. Man, oh man, this is another hard match to pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, first of all, I have been a massive proponent of the triple threat stipulation since uh, I kind of even had an inkling that it was going to happen. Um, second of all, I think Ross and I were both on the bandwagon that we wanted to see Roman, Re- Roman versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania while seeing Edge versus Randy Orton for the WWE Championship in part three of that feud. Um, and obviously that did not come to that fruition. It came to where we are right now. Uh, I, I love Edge. Uh, I want to be very clear. Uh, I adore Edge. Um, one of the greatest of all time. Um, I love the rated R superstar. I love the persona. Um, it's it's a it's a character that we have loved and we missed for a very long period of time. Um, Daniel Bryan is iconic as well uh let me be very clear edge is very iconic okay so edge is iconic daniel bryan is iconic the the yes movement from wrestlemania 30 uh everything it's just unbelievable and uh it's going to be very hard to ever replicate that type of organic reaction ever again um i think we kind of got close to it with kofi but it still wasn't the wave that was daniel bryan at wrestlemania 30 so i'm just going to be i'm just going to say that now Roman Reigns is, how do I want to put this? Okay, so Stone Cold Steve Steve Austin was the man during the Attitude Era. John Cena became the man during the Ruthless Aggression Era into the PG Era. Uh, 
Hulk Hogan was the man during the 80s. And Brett was the man during the 90s along with HBK, right? And obviously Stone Cold and The Rock were 1A, 1A in the 90s, early 2000s. Roman Reigns is the guy right now, period. This is not only Roman Reigns' his time. This has been his best representation on television of his entire career. This has also been the best character he has ever played. Yes, this is even better than Heel Shield at its peak. This is better than that by a long shot. Um, this is his best ever title reign by a long shot. To be fair, the other title reigns fell flat for a variety of different reasons. One, one of them ended in five minutes. The other one ended in a month. And then the other one really ended because basically he got caught with some type of weird prescription in his body that could have been linked to steroids, right? And then, of course, he had a universal title reign, chain, universal title reign that ended because of leukemia. We talked about it at the top of the show, Ross. We said that this is a match between three warriors who at one point we weren't sure we were going to ever see in the ring again. And it is just amazing right now. Just take everything. Just take away everything for a second. It's amazing that we're seeing these guys main event WrestleMania. This is amazing. Roman leukemia back in 2018, 2019. Edge had a completely ruptured neck in 2011. He couldn't even take a bump. Daniel Bryan's head was mushed from all that stuff in ROH. And even in his early WWE days, his brain just couldn't function. And look where they are today, dude. Like, this, first of all, like miracles happen, baby. Let's let's just get that out there real quick. Miracles do happen. All that being said, not only is this going to be the best match on this entire card, we talked about Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan having the match of the year at Fastlane. Um, that's about to be eclipsed by this triple threat. Just staying that out. Just staying in that fact right now. As much as I'd love to see Daniel Bryan win this match, I do not believe he's going to win this match, Ross. So, yes, I did show my sleight of hand earlier. So that's why I think that the Adam Cole-Daniel Bryan perhaps makes sense if Adam Cole does indeed come over to SmackDown. I want WWE to be really careful because they like to go ahead and sometimes play cutesy and not have the winner of the Royal Rumble win the main event. But let's be fair. The winner of the Royal Rumble doesn't always have to win the main event at WrestleMania, right? Just like in the same way of the winner of the Money in the Bank contract doesn't always have to successfully cash in. We just have this thing where we just imagine it's going to happen because that's what history has shown us, right, Ross? You have to look at the body of work of what Daniel Bryan has put on and throughout 2020 into 2021, what Edge has put on since January, and what Roman has put on since August. And you have to ask yourself, what is the most logical choice of whose momentum I want to have continue to carry on, and whose momentum do I think will help SmackDown overall in the next upcoming months? The question is, you know, so I guess the question is, who do you see beating Roman in like four or five months' time? Good question. Who I do you see? I, I, I don't know. Um, because remember, uh, are we not supposed to have a draft coming up here? In I, a I'm not months? sure if we're going to see the draft anytime soon, because again, we kind of saw that mini draft that happened over the fall time. So um, I, I, I don't know how quickly they want to do that, but I see people 
easily beating more edge or Daniel Bryan, then I can go ahead and easily see people beating Roman Reigns. And it shouldn't be that way, especially because Roman is the heel. So I need to find a great baby face to be able to beat him. But he's such a good heel. Like he's genuinely such a good heel right now. It's hard to see Roman drop that title and drop all that momentum. Roman has so much momentum right now that it's hard to see him losing that momentum to anyone right at this moment. Whereas Edge, although he has momentum, he's also a 46, 47-year-old professional wrestler that doesn't have a lot of time left, regardless of whether or not that neck is fully functioning and whatnot. You know, it's still the time of these up-and-comers. I mean, Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan aren't up-and-comers, but it's their generation now, not Edge's. And then at the same time, Daniel Bryan is a wild card in all this because Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan, doesn't have a lot of time left either. And so do we want to see the baby face progress and overcome these odds? Do we want to see the megastar icon uh, go ahead and get one more shot at glory? Or do we want to see the man who's running the show continue on with the incredible momentum that he's built up for himself? Um, this one's tricky. And again, we have to look at night one and see how that ends. Right. So who's going to main event night one? Is it Sasha and Bianca or is it going to be Drew and Bobby? Because on depending on how that show ends, that's going to directly affect the way that night two ends. You know, most likely, yes. most likely. Right. Because, again, and this is the trickiness, the very small trickiness that happens with two night shows. But regardless, it's still a trickiness that happens. And, you know, you want to make sure that the crowd leaves happy. Will the crowd actually leave happy with Roman Reigns beating Edge and Daniel Bryan? Not so sure. Will the crowd leave happy if Daniel Bryan beats Roman Reigns and Edge? Maybe. Will the crowd leave happy if Edge beats Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns? Maybe. It's a toss-up of all toss-ups, man. Um, I think the people who have the biggest momentum loss that can be damaged like massively are Roman Reigns and Edge. I think Daniel Bryan can take the loss. Because he got injected late into the match. And this isn't the same as 2014, right? Daniel Bryan doesn't have all that weight on his shoulders of, yo, we really want to see Daniel Bryan being pushed to the moon right now. Daniel Bryan is his own thing at this point. He's his own entity. This is He's past that. He is that. He's on that same level. Okay. Um, so you're I'm saying- rambling. I'm rambling. I'm rambling. I'm hard. It's hard. I think I'm going Roman. I'm going Roman. I'm picking Roman. I'm picking Roman. All right, so you're so you're picking Roman to pin um, Brian, and I'm picking Roman. I'm gonna, to pin. yeah, I think I think okay. I think Roman picks D, pins DB because I don't think I, I think that Edge still has legs left and still has momentum that should not be squandered in the next couple of months. So I think Edge gets pinned because I think Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns needs a one-on-one match to end it. Uh, because we've not had it. I can see, I can see where you're coming from on that one. I can, I really can. Okay. Um, because I still so, want to, I'd love to see Daniel Bryan beat Roman Reigns at some point. That also would be nice. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's the only reason I would put, I would, because see, here's the thing. I don't really know what edge is going to do after this. Cause he's not winning the title and I don't see him having a one-on-one match against Roman. See, so, but that's the thing. I do eventually see Edge winning a title in the next couple of months, perhaps. 
Interesting. Yeah, I know. It's interesting considering everything that I said about Big E earlier and considering everything I said about Roman, I think you could get away with Edge winning the title and then Roman getting it back. All right, so just a quick recap of night two as uh, we did a recap of night one. Uh, we both pick Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler to retain their women's tag, their WWE women's tag team titles over Lana and Naomi. Um, we both have Riddle defending his United States Championship against Sheamus, or I should say retaining. Uh, we both have Sami Zayn defeating Kevin Owens in their match. Uh, we both have The Fiend getting rid of Randy Orton and being done with that feud. He has Big E retaining the Intercontinental title in the Nigerian drum fight. I have Apollo Crews winning the Intercontinental title in the Nigerian drum fight, which is basically a hardcore match. We have both picked Rhea Ripley to become the new Raw Women's Champion. And yes, we are both picking Roman Reigns to retain his Universal Championship in the Triple Threat against Daniel Bryan and Edge. So... We got through it. That is our preview and prediction show for WrestleMania 37. Night one is on Saturday. Night two is on Sunday. And then, of course, next week's show will be our WrestleMania 37 review show. As Jorge did mention, we will have Tom the Thunderous Wizard from Box or from Hops and Box Office Flops. Uh, he's been on the show several times. We love having him on as a guest. He'll be joining us to kind of break down the highs and the lows. I have a feeling we are not going to go over all 14 matches, or my fear is that there will be even more added to this card. But here's to hoping that we get two nights of a great show, and we'll get to talk about it on next week's show, and it will be the start of the 2021 WWE season. For wrestling and this is this is what we wait all year for is this show so um yeah it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a banger it this is, week has already been insane as it is of course we had stand and deliver night one and night two that just got done tonight uh mm-hmm. seems like it was a banger of a show as a whole um heck even dynamite had an interesting show last night on wednesday um so that was fun and, uh, of course, the SmackDown Go Home show tomorrow. Um, it's been pre-recorded. Of course, the Hall of Fame just took place this week. We saw Kane get inducted. Um, we saw JBL. We saw the Bella Twins. We saw Jushin Thunder Liger. That was cool. Um, uh, the, the, the British Bulldog was, was inducted. His son took the induction. That was very cool. Um, just It's WrestleMania week, man. It's, it's the best sports entertainment week of the year. Um, oh, you know what? Quick Quick aside, um, give me your pick of who you think is really going to open up on Saturday night. You say, are you still are you sticking with Bobby and Drew? I think if you're going to have a way to start the show with fans in the building, if you're gonna have Drew win the title, open the show with it. He wins the title, he gets his moment. Sasha and Bianca will headline night one. So yes, I'm gonna say Bobby and Drew open night one. Okay, I like that pick. Um, I will say that, or I think you could either open it with Bobby and Drew or with Cesaro and Seth. That, I think and, Cesaro and, and Seth would and, be a very fun way to open it. 
And of those two, I would much rather just open it with a bang. And if you're yeah. doing it with a title change and with the guy that you were putting over last year, yeah. that is the way you do it. So I hear you. I hear you 100%. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. I can't wait to WrestleMania, baby. 25 to 30,000 screaming fans. Raymond James Stadium, Tampa, Florida. Welcome back. Please be safe to the fans, of course. But uh you know it's gonna be a, a ton of fun it's gonna be a ton of fun. It's, gonna, it's gonna be a great atmosphere i can't wait that's gonna do it for our wrestlemania 37 preview and prediction show here on the double turn podcast for the j-man i'm boss ross and we will catch you on the flip side